Hello and welcome to the WDW News Today podcast. My name is Eric Morton. With me as always is Tom Corliss and our special guest today, uh, Dr. Jason Diffendahl. Hey, howdy, hey. So welcome. It's great to have everybody here. Obviously, I'm not there. Uh, I guess before we get started, you can see that I'm, I'm not in the studio, but I think let's play a little game and I will move aside and you can guess if I'm in a Disney hotel room or in like a random hotel somewhere else. You ready? Here, I'm going to move aside. What do you guys think? The walls this... aren't all white, so it has to be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. That what, headboard's what pretty think, fancy. It has to be somewhere else. <laughs> well, as Mitch Hedberg said, uh, I can't tell you the hotel I'm staying at, but it involves two trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a random double tree in uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Unfortunately, I had a, a family emergency this week, uh, which made it so I was not able to be in the studio. We've got a little break in the action. Maybe some good news today. So uh, here I am trying to moderate these two animals here <laughs> back in the studio. It is uh, 29 degrees and snowing here. There's Tom's white legs that he was so proud of on the last episode. So you tell her. Uh, Eric, it's Orlando bad. It's weather. 29 and snowing here, too. You can't see it, but it's real rough <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. A tornado uh, just Jason, came you. <laughs> Jason looks more comfortable than you, though. Jason, look at that shirt. Where'd you get we that? We already plugged oh, it on the, this is, the pre-recorded part. <laughs> this, Eric, I don't know if you recognize this. This is one of the new Park Candy shirts. We have to edit this out now because we already plugged it in the other part. That's all right. Anyway, I didn't to, know. Go to Park. Go to www.nt.link/parkcandy. Use code WWNT for fifteen percent off, and you can get yourself this Galactic Cantina yeah. with a droid that's absolutely not DJ Rex right on the front. Inspired by it's inspired and I don't have by DJ Rex. My Park Candy shirts because I am a man who lives alone, and it's somewhere at the bottom of my laundry pile, and I have yet to find them. So they need to be washed. <laughs> but look, I miss you guys. I wish I were still. Uh, back home, but unfortunately, I'm here for a few days, and at least we get to talk about interesting stuff, right? There's no Reese's Peanut Butter Cup news that I'm aware of. There's not a whole lot going on. Eric, so you left, and they came actually... out with a souvenir Stein for Germany. I know. I know. I was Epcot. I was at Epcot when I got the news and had to hop on a plane. And I know. I we didn't get it with our Dunkels on New Year's Eve. It wasn't there yet. That's great. I can't wait to get one of those. I'm very excited. And the new uh, Journey into Imagination or the Imagination Pavilion popcorn, popcorn bucket. bucket. Yep. Out. That's going to be amazing. Yep. We have. I'm going to come home. We're going to be able to park hop early in the day. There's going to be all kinds of great stuff going on. There'll be other so weird things that we'll talk about come January 12th as well. <laughs> A lot oh, no, has changed that. in your absence. What else am I missing? Nothing. We'll talk about it later. We can't say it on air yet. I think a lot of people um, have made comments when we address Universal in the past that Universal has somehow now surpassed Disney, that Disney's playing catch-up, that Universal is building theme parks oh, while Disney's struggling to build rides. That's absolutely true, Eric. And I think we're going to discuss that on this episode of the podcast. I think it's important to get that out in the open and have a real conversation uh, instead of just you know a random drive-by comment. You know, But it's... Yeah. Uh, 29 degrees here and it's snowing and I sure wish right now if I lived still lived here that I would consider moving to Orlando so I know that we had our friend Eric Gross in the studio a few moments ago 
And we're going to uh, show that to you real quick. So here's Eric Gross and Tom and Jason from earlier in the day. So welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm here today taking the place of Eric. But we also have another Eric to help us out today. Um, this is Eric Gross of Magical Moves. And Eric is a realtor. Uh, and we've invited him here today to talk to him a little bit and uh, let you get to know him because we're going to be starting a new show with Eric uh, and uh, talking about real estate in the Central Florida area. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm the other Eric. Happy to be here. The it's, other Eric. It's, this isn't going to be confusing at all. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Um, so They uh, both wear the same shirt. Well, now you're just wearing that for us. I wore yeah. I wore my best Hawaiian shirt today you're for like, you guys. I'm doing WWNT. I got to wear a Hawaiian shirt. It's not part candy, but do I have one ordered? Speaking of Maybe. part candy, I've got my part candy <laughs> on today. This I don't have the, mine because I live alone and I'm a man and it's buried somewhere in the laundry and I can't find them. Well, Sounds. It's laundry day. But go ahead. They have the link up. So talk so, about so, Park. So this is, uh, this is Cocktails in a Galaxy Far, Far Away is the name of this shirt. Um, somewhat modeled after uh, the cantina. Uh, there's inspired by Ogres. Inspired by Ogres. There's some, yeah. Well, no, it's probably not. It's, it's probably inspired by the most Isley cantina. DJ Rex is on the front of your shirt. DJ, DJ mm. Rex? Yeah, he's right under the mic. He's right there. Oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> DJ Rex. I didn't even no, know. No, a, a droid inspired by DJ Rex yes. is on your shirt. This yeah, a, yeah, exactly. DJ Something Hex. in my eye. Um, but this is, uh, this, is one of the, this is one of the Park Candy shirts that you can get. Um, go to www.link slash Park Candy. Use the code WDWNT to save 15%. On your purchase and uh, help us out in the process. So, Eric, I think next time we'll expect you to come in a part candy shirt. Place. I got them ordered. I'm, okay. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> I, I'm ready. Okay. Well, and cool. I will find mine and wash them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about magical moves and uh, what we're going to be doing uh, starting in a couple of weeks uh, with a new show that we're going to uh, have right here on the WWNT YouTube channel. Yeah, so I run a real estate team called Magical Moves, and we've been operating for about five, six years now, and we really specialize in helping people that love Disney and love the parks move to Orlando because that's really a lot of people's goal, right? Yeah. That's what you did. That's what you I did. I didn't move here for <laughs> anything else. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I just moved here to be close to Tom. Right. <laughs> and that's why today we're announcing that I'm moving away <laughs> to Japan. Never. Um, so yeah, and and uh, so I think there's definitely people out there that are always looking to move to Disney, right? And I did it last year, yeah. um, and so we're going to talk a lot about my experience moving to Orlando. Uh, we're going to talk about different uh, areas around Disney World where what what's nice, what's not, um, real estate process in Florida, and how it may be different than other places and mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, we can talk about traffic and, and you know, where yeah. not to live because of traffic. That's a big deal. Yeah, traffic is a big deal um, here. So, so uh, we're going to talk about all these kinds of things over the next uh, several months of our show. And hopefully you guys will all tune in. Uh, Even if you're not in the market for a house, I think we'll still have a good time. Oh, we'll yeah. still have a good time. And then also, at some point, because, Tom, your parents are in the market for they a house They absolutely are, yeah. And the traffic, you brought up the traffic thing. I can't wait to talk about that because that's a whole... Oh, it's a mess. That's a, it's a beast. Yeah. 
It's a mess. But, I mean, so your parents are going to, at some point, come down and, and start looking for houses, too. So yeah. so then we're going to take our show on the road. Yeah, I think we're going to put, like, a little GoPro right here on them and just, we're going to do, like, a live POV. Well, we got to, no, we got to hide it. I've, I've said this before. My father is insane and hilarious, and people love him. Yeah. But the minute yeah. he knows someone's filming, the magic goes away. And so we're gonna have to like hide the GoPro on one of us. Yeah, it's gonna I'll put like to... a little one of those like flower like brooches <laughs> right here with a little right? hidden, like, hidden camera in it. What was that, Mr. Corliss? <laughs> we can have I'm a... like just moving in <laughs> closer. We can have a couple um, people like hide in the house and sneak around the corner when when he walks in yeah, the door and like stuff. Like boom operators. But yeah, so uh, so so we're also gonna do some like real life house hunting. Yeah. Um, try to find something that will satisfy Mr. Corliss. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not What an areas easy are you looking do. at? I mean, they've looked all over the place, but I think they want to be down somewhere near celebrate. I don't think they want to be too far from me. Because mm. I'm wonderful. Um, <laughs> and so they've looked a lot in um, obviously like Champions Gate area and um, what's a little north Dab- of there? I don't know what that's called. Well, mm, uh, reunion, like the, like the four corners. Yeah, area. but still like a little north of oh. that, but the other side of I four from where we are, um, like kind of like South Claremont. Yeah, like that sure. Four yeah. Area. yeah, yeah. So they keep that's where everything keeps bringing them, and then they they always find either something with the house, or they don't like the traffic in that particular spot, or um, their proximity to a certain thing, which maybe is you know like one ninety two, or yeah, um, you know, so. But obviously, we'll talk about all that. But yeah, they've 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 looked at. Uh, Jason said they're going to start looking. They've looked probably at a good twenty or thirty houses. Oh yeah, so they've got still... some good. They've got some good like kind of background knowledge on it. Yeah, and so we've looked at like the oversized what used to be you know post COVID they they everyone was trying to dump off those um, those ten bedroom vacation homes. How many bed six bedroom vacation? Yeah. No, there's homes. some there's some that have like yeah. twelve, thirteen. I've yeah. seen. Yeah, it's wild. So we've looked at a lot of different things. All of which either uh, they didn't like or did like and then missed out on. So, I always say when people are looking for homes, it's easier to like know what you don't want in a home mm-hmm. than what you do. Yeah. You think you might know what you want, but mm-hmm. it's really easy to point out what you don't want. You're like, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. And then it helps you kind of refine the, the search process a little bit more. Okay. Well, my parents are going to be the greatest challenge of your career, I assure you. You know what? (laughs) I am ready to take that on. All right. Let's go. Watch me, like, cut to, like, four months from now. I'm like, (laughs) just like crying. The Home Alone kid. (laughs) If if we just stop doing the show one week and no one knows why. (laughs) We haven't seen Eric in a while. (laughs) And so that's that's the plan coming up. And we're going to do, like, Every other week, three times a month or something like that? A couple times a month, I think, yeah. yeah. That's what we kind of talked about. So. so, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. And as usual, we're not organized here, so no one knows the date, the day or anything right now. So we'll they will be <laughs> we'll released oh, as do. they are filmed. Oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> no, like whenever we get to it, whenever we get to it, we'll, okay. we'll make it happen. No. We don't talk about things before we turn these cameras on. We all just sit and Well, we had go. a long talk about y- you moving. To yeah. maybe Tokyo, but you'll be back. Well, <laughs> we'll rent out your home. We'll get you a house here first. Oh no! I'm knock on wood for now. We'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. They'll be happy to be rid of me for a couple months. Yeah, but anyway, we'll live stream you in. Yeah, <laughs> just put put his head on a, on a robot. Yeah, the head on the robot. Yeah, yeah. we'll just wheel you yeah. around, like the the robot that brings toiletries to your room at uh, Aventura. Aventura. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can have little recorded clips of your voice. 
Get to work. <laughs> what are you saying? Like stupid? pre-recorded. Yeah, yeah you just press the button. Pre-recorded clips. Somebody like 10 feet away with a little remote will be hitting the, the button. The title is horrible. <laughs> This is an original app cut. This opened in 1983. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's me. Yep. yep. Absolutely. So yeah, looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, we will uh, we'll have some more announcements uh, coming up when when we finally get a schedule and and get our first show in the can, and then uh, we'll let people know. But soon, right? Yeah. It should yeah. be soon. Yeah. Very soon. You were telling me off camera that you just moved to Hamlin about a year ago. Is that right? Year and a half ago. Yep. Yep. And how are you liking that? What are the pros and cons so far? Because um, I, I believe in like pure honesty. The uh, the location's great. Yeah, I think the location is phenomenal. Like we can see the Magic Kingdom fireworks from my yeah. patio. Um, we have a nice corner lot with a big yard because we have two dogs. Um, so I, it's really nice over there. Um, traffic is well. We'll talk about traffic. Will probably take up like three episodes of this show. Yeah. I think right because. Traffic is is a disaster a lot of different places for a yeah. lot of different reasons. Um, even on Disney property, there's there's traffic yes. issues yeah. quite a bit. Um, My last two apartments I, I rented were the choices were based on can I avoid traffic going where I need to go. Yeah, yeah. that was the primary thing. The the what the apartment looked like and everything else was secondary. To can I avoid traffic going where I need to go? Yeah. Yeah. The crazy thing about Orlando is like you really have like two rush hours, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the downtown business rush hours. Yeah. And then you have like Disney rush hours when yeah. the park opens and when the park closes. Yeah. And so I l- just sold my house this past summer in like South Claremont area. And mm-hmm. the only way to get there was 192. Yeah. So I would look up park closing times to know when I needed to like head back home because yeah. if I didn't get it in time yeah. you were on 192 for I'd be, an hour I'd be sitting yeah I'd yep. just be sitting right there so yeah. and then that I4 Davenport Champions Gate oh that's a mess too that was bad when I lived down there and now it just it keeps getting worse yeah. and worse and worse and worse yep. and then backing onto Disney property now like th- those people are waiting through the gate now. Yes. Like they're through the arch Yesterday. and in, onto property. Yeah. Yesterday it was backed up through the arch. It's crazy. Yeah. It was insane. You guys are really selling the Orlando lifestyle here. I love it. Oh, I'm not <laughs> going to. If I'm just you, kidding. People, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to undermine business for sure. Be like, well, yeah, if you really want to live near the parks, that's great. Here's the 400 <laughs> other reasons not to live in Orlando. Take your right? Uber. Yeah. But yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I love living over in, in Hamlin area. Um, it's, it's, it's really the perfect location for a lot of things. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're close to Disney. We're not far from Universal, um, and SeaWorld. So I get to use my SeaWorld annual pass twice a year. <laughs> they're giving they're giving us twenty bucks to go visit Aquatica in January. How do you mean they're giving you twenty dollars? Like we, if we go to Aquatica, like someone's in January, standing there with a twenty dollar bill at the entrance. We for you? go to Aquatica in January. You go up to one of their pass kiosks and you scan your pass, and it will spit out a twenty dollar voucher. What is you it can good use for? On food or so merchandise? Gift like a SeaWorld a, gift yeah. card, essentially. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, but there, that's that's because the no pass, one goes in January. Yeah, that's the pass holder perk for January. It's twenty dollars to, to go. I've never Aquatica. been. It's a hard sell. In January. I've never been to Aquatica either. I, this might have to be a thing. We we could do it. We have to go to Aquatica. In January. It has to be in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Road trip. <laughs> it's so far. I mean, with traffic, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> I know, um, going back to the Hamlin area, I think that's the area I probably saw the most in. Yeah. 
Definitely. I, I mean, there's With everyone, a lot... like especially Disney fans moving here because yeah. that area is just ripe for development. It's it's and... being developed like rapidly. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot to do back there. And like there's, there's... And, and a lot of the developments are, are new, right? So yep. that was one of the things that attracted us was the house was only four years old. Right. Um, you don't and, have to worry about maintenance as much. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was four years old and it was a second house for an elderly couple. So it was like almost brand new. That's cream of the crop right there. Yeah. That's absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you're so, what, like 10 minutes from the West entrance to Disney? I can I get I can get to the Grand Floridian in nine minutes from my house. So. That's the end of the show. Right? <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, right? that's great. Yeah. So if that's what you're looking for, tune in. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Eric, I'd like to thank you for stopping in today. Um, and welcome to the WWNT family. And uh, Morning, we'll, uh, we're dysfunctional. Thank Very. You. I'll, I'll, make sure I med- I'll make sure I meditate. I appreciate that's it. Right. Thank you, guys. And, and uh, next time we'll expect you with a park candy shirt. Yep. Uh, but uh, other than that, thanks for coming. And I'm really looking forward to this show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be something different that, that, you know, we know there's demand out there for this kind of information. And, and it's something new for us at WWNT to, to try to fill that demand. So should be fun. Yeah. yeah, it'll be cool. And if you are looking to move to the area and you want to reach out, you can email me at eric at magicalmoves.com. Dot com. Yep. Okay. We'll get that on a little lower third for okay. the show. So Perfect. It pops up. And a QR code, too. Perfect. <laughs> everything <laughs> Everything we do is QR code. A little animated me, yep. too. <laughs> there we go. Your face on a robot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Thanks for and, having uh, me, guys. Well, we'll see you shortly. Okay, well, now that that's all over. He's gone. Where did he go? He just disappeared. (laughs) You're back to the other Eric. (laughs) uh, Different Eric. Well, we had to switch because we're legally not allowed to have two Eric's at once. That is true. That's somewhere in the laws, I think. YouTube bylaws. Yes, and and, and, and I'm legally obligated to wear this shirt five days a week. They never stopped you that from wearing true. other shirts five days a week. So. <laughs> yeah, Jason has upgraded. It used to always be the best was Jason got like at the outlets or something the Pumpkin King T-shirt the Pumpkin from King. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, he wore the Pumpkin King T-shirt and then he'd wear it again because he had two of them. I, I have four of them. Last. Eric. And then last year at Halloween Horror Nights, the guy was the Pumpkin Lord, and Jason got a Pumpkin Lord t-shirt. I'm like, these the Pumpkin King, the Pumpkin Lord, just pumpkin-related shirts for Jason year-round. That's right. Now, thank God, Park Candy has hooked you up. You and Jason now have more than six shirts each. I wish uh, maybe Park Candy can come out with a Halloween Pumpkin Lord-themed shirt, and then then I'd wear that, too. (laughs) One can always hope. I am wearing a Universal shirt under here. I have them, my Poseidon's Fury. Oh, yeah. You wore that to Summer House on the Lake. It was very in theme. (laughs) Poseidon also controls the lakes. Yes. He's the the water. The The Lord of the the Sea and the lakes and all houses on them. All all Uh, seasons of houses. (laughs) The Summer House, the Winter House. You are under protection of the cookie bar. (laughs) (laughs) Now go. As uh, as my brother's been dealing with stuff in the hospital, Axel said he's under the. He, my brother was born in Belgium, and Axel, our friend, is Belgian. He said he's now under the protection of mannequin piss 
who is, uh, that is the name of a statue in Belgium that you've seen of a naked little boy going to the bathroom. That's like the most famous landmark in Belgium. So he's protecting my brother, wow. just like Poseidon would be protecting us if we were in the seas. Waffles, so, chocolate. Looks over all Belgians. Kissing children. Yep. Sounds great. Can't wait to visit. <laughs> hey, man. That's just the world we live in. Before we get anyway, into the universal. universal thing, funny enough, oh, I no? saw the wigs. Um, we have some universal stands in the wigs because I think they're just grumpy local pass holders mm-hmm. who feel slighted. Um, but we have some people in the wigs. I saw that were very excited that Universal was the highest grossing movie studio last year. It's the first time they, Disney hasn't won. It's the first time Disney hasn't won in how many years? It's several years. Several. Yeah. Nine years um, or seven years or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like people are really excited about that. I'm like, being a unit, like, I don't know if people are Universal fans, right? They are Universal Parks fans. Being a Universal Movies fan is weird because, like, don't get me wrong. I My favorite movies of all time are actually Universal movies, right? That's why I liked Universal so much as a kid. Back to the Future, Jaws. Jaws. Like, those, that's, that's, e. those are my e. things. Yeah, E.T., not so much. But, but a lot of people, E.T., sure, yeah. One of the highest grossing movies of all time. Um, and then, you know, they also had, it wasn't their movie, but Ghostbusters was in the park, too. Um, Twister. And, Hanna, and Hanna-Barbera, which was, you know, I watched on TV. I watched Hanna-Barbera cartoons every day. Scooby-Doo. But, like, people are ranting, raving, like, I see what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Well, Universal makes a lot more, a lot of different movies, right? Like, Disney is, is fairly focused on blockbusters and family entertainment, as opposed to Universal, where... Isn't there a highest-grossing movie or one of the highest-grossing movies? Oh, the highest-grossing is Super Mario. But below that, isn't it Oppenheimer? Which you're not yeah. getting an Oppenheimer attraction. That's oh, not man. Gonna, see, now, actually, <laughs> That'd be great in the universe what? of energy. At a different time. Yeah. At a different time, Twister, <laughs> you know, if we're in the 90s still, I could see Twister being updated to, like, an Oppenheimer special effects show where you're, like, there when the bomb explodes. That would be great. Because people back then would be like, ah, it's not offensive. Now it would be like, you can't. That's very poor taste. (laughs) Yeah, and obviously it is. Um, But I I think that's there. So, like, there's a lot of, like, Universal, like, yeah, Super Mario is great. But um, a majority of that list, I'm like, well, it's certainly not for quality. Uh, No, it's quantity. And Oppenheimer's a great movie, I think there were predictions that the only movie they expect to hit a billion dollars at box office this coming year uh, is Minions Four or just yeah. I don't know one of those Minions yeah. type of movies. So you know these are you know that's a that's a go to right that's a golden goose. They're, they have they're so um, bad, a lot of these <laughs> they have a lot of these studio IPs that do a lot of revenue that don't necessarily connect with people right. There's not. It's not like billions of people. It's not like there's message boards dedicated to dissecting yeah. the universe created for Fast and Furious. But people go to those movies. Well, here's they the thing, massive right? Massive box office. Your two mega franchises, right? You're like, well, these are gonna. You're gonna need to build some mega e-ticket attractions for these. And you look at Fast and Furious and Despicable Me, and they have they have probably some of the worst theme park attractions of all time, right? The additions to the studio tour. Yeah in Hollywood for Fast and Furious were, were horrible. And they're even worse as a standalone ride in Florida, which I think <laughs> Fast and Furious Supercharged has got to be in competition with Jimmy Fallon to be the worst theme park attraction from any major theme park ever built. It's got to be. 
It's gone. I think especially when you when you calculate, you know, the time you spend waiting in line for that thing and you get there. And I, like I, the first time I wrote Turned it, I was and I just, <laughs> I was just laughing. It was. You hit a yeah, brick like, wall and really water hard. comes out. It's, the effect for hitting the brick wall is water. It's a, it's almost like the the attraction was supposed to be a farce, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a it's a yeah. right, and so my favorite thing was I remember the horror nights before that ride opened. I was sitting on the grass in the front waiting for for stay and scream, and there's these two guests, and they're talking about oh what the, what they think the Fast and Furious ride is. Oh yeah, it's going to be like Test Track, and blah, <laughs> and that would be the assumption, right? The assumption would be it's got to be a fast car ride. A it's a movie fast. about fast cars. Yeah. And then people mm-hmm. show up and it's like, get on the party bus. It's a bus. With the bu- and somehow the bus goes 150 miles an hour I down mean, the road. At least it's a fast bus. Yeah. Party buses are known for their speed. That's right. Of course. Yeah. So like, look, what they're doing now, like Universal ha- knows what they know what they can do, right? So that the Hollywood ride they're building, they're like, well, we what we do really well is work with coaster manufacturers. And then what we can do that Cedar Point and Dollywood and all those people can't do is spend a bunch of money on theming, right? So you look at Velocicoaster, you look at Hagrid's. Mm-hmm. They're great roller coasters at a Cedar Point, they'd be a tremendous hit. But what puts them over the top here is that they put some very nice theming, right? Stuff you're not gonna see you know, at Cedar Point, you're lucky you have anything but a dirt patch underneath the roller coaster. Um, and what Universal does, like, look, look, I'll make fun of Velocicoaster's theming because I think the Raptor statues are silly. But, I mean, that enclosure is cool. And Hagrid's, like, Hagrid's is probably a much better attraction than Velocicoaster overall. Yeah. Hagrid's is more Disney quality, I would say. Like, their animatronics are The still, animatronics aren't, but the the Hag- overall yeah, That is. Hagrid figure is... With the umbrella, oh yeah. my god! I've had <laughs> I've had action figures with more articulation than the Hagrid animatronic. Um, you know, and I want to I want to make something clear up front because I know what the comments are going to be. People are going to go in and be like, oh, "I like Universal. You guys are just Disney stands." So blah 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 blah. No, that that's not what's happening here, right? This is a a quality comparison to the industry, right? And I hold Disney to the same standard. When Disney doesn't deliver what they are capable of, it's disappointing. I think Universal has those problems and they have them on a larger scale, but I think people people have lowered expectations at Universal, right? So I think yeah. if Disney built that Mario Kart ride, people would be ranting and raving about how it uses goggles and you, you, like, you can't see stuff and it doesn't work all the time and blah, blah, blah. And then open universe, people are like, ah, oh, this is so cool and it's amazing. I can't believe it because the, I think the expectations are different. I mean, can you imagine if Disney built a villain con ride? Oh, that the moving walkway thing? They'd yeah. be laughed out of the room. They would, absolutely. Laughed out of the room. Like even we, uh, Universal, <clears throat> the, the Universal bloggers and fans weren't, you know, they, they kind of <laughs> went into hiding after that thing went. Yeah, Live, right? I mean, I actually um, kind of like it, but I would like it if it worked, right? But it is laggy, right? Like it, the screens just lag it's, so well, much. It's laggy because there's too many people at once. Yeah. If you ride that ride like late at night and you're one of like five people in the attraction, yeah. it works great yeah. and it's a lot of fun. Once and enough you can see where you're shooting. But you put too many people through it, and yeah. it doesn't work. Do you know what happened with the? I don't know if we've ever told this story. I can tell this story now. I think. Um, so remember the Minion Land opened before 
the ride did. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, what's going on yeah. with the ride? It's just a moving walkway. Why isn't it open? Um, one of the guns caught on fire when they were <laughs> testing. So the gun overheated and started smoking and caught on fire. Um, so what they did for the rest of the test period was they put big barrels of sand along the ride path. And if the gun started to smoke, you had to throw your gun in the sand. That's when they were testing with cast and creative. And, I mean, yeah. they, they could have just opened with that <laughs> barrel of sand there. It would have been fine. You know? If Warning. If, the, <laughs> if your gun is smoking, well, it's, please deposit it in the sand. If your gun should start to be on fire, please just plunge it into the sand. <laughs> have a right. fun ride. It's <laughs> universal. If, if the gun stops working, just use your own. I mean, there's plenty, <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of universal rides with fire effects. People would have just assumed like sure. it's intentional, right? That's a, this is a great effect. My hand's yeah. burning and everything. It's amazing. But I, before we move on, though, from the point about studio IP... Their top studio IP at Universal is a Warner Brothers, you know, yeah. Harry Potter, which is not a Universal film series. So, um, you know, I'm sure Disney would like to have done that. Look, Disney did that. They kind of ended up owning Avatar eventually went through the Fox yeah. acquisition. But they kind of went that direction, too, of licensing IP that people like from popular yeah. film franchises. And, uh, yeah, the Harry Potter stuff is, is the best part of Universal, uh, other than things like Horror Nights. And it is, uh, it's licensed, it's a licensed property. Eric, I would argue that the attraction that inspired your shirt is one of the best things at Universal. Well, it has been closed, it has been closed for many months now. I know, and I'm, I'm still very sad about it. Poseidon was, look, there was some, look, Islands of Adventure, when that opened, the original storytelling aspect was cool. A lot of the attractions weren't great. Like, Poseidon was different and interesting, right? Yeah. Like, I like Poseidon. Triceratops Encounter was the best thing in that park. Like, that was something Disney hadn't even done. Like, that was really the first living character yeah. animatronic thing, right? That was – they kind of beat them to it. Sure. And it was – you go to this, you know, veterinary facility and they're, they're caring for the Triceratops and the ladies like, feeding mm -hmm. it and all this stuff. And it looked real and convincing. And I just remember thinking, like, this is – what I wanted from Jurassic Park. And then we rode River Adventure, and I hated Universal from that point on because yeah. my favorite movie... They destroyed was, the attraction. you got to remember, that was a year after Dinosaur opened, Countdown to Extinction. Yep. And Countdown to Extinction was the better dinosaur ride. By far. The dinosaurs chased after you. They looked real. Their skin wasn't a curtain. You know, yeah. the the the... The best is the first one, right? The first animatronic in that ride, the, the is it Brachiosaur, whatever it is, when it's just the head is like already crooked. It starts like this, and it comes like it's like, oh, it's a real dinosaur. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no <laughs> child thinks yeah. that flappy-skinned, broken-necked dinosaur is real. Like there, the illusion is broken the second that gate opens. Right, right. On that ride, and they did a better job, right? The the I haven't been there in person yet. Um, but that that uh, the Beijing Jurassic World ride everyone raves about, and you've seen videos online. Like it looks like they eventually figured out and built, um, you know, a Jurassic ride that probably is even better than Countdown to it, Extinction. It only is. took them thirty years. Yeah, and honestly, like I rode Jurassic World in um, Hollywood, way better version of that attraction. Yeah, incredibly much, much better. One of the few upgrades or updates Universal's ever done that I think they they really nailed it. A few of the criticisms that you hear uh, directed at Disney, and look, we make fun of them. Tron took like a better part of five years yeah. to build 
all these things is, but look, Universal's building a whole new theme park. They did a roller coaster. They're doing all this stuff so much faster with some caveats, one of which is they're buying up basically off-the-shelf roller coasters and theming them. Uh, they were building um, gravity buildings for well, these roller yeah, They're I mean, not off the shelf. I mean, that's not fair to say they're off the shelf. They're not. Those are custom designs. But, yeah, I mean, if you're building Hagrid's and Velocicoaster, there was only – I mean, especially in the case of Velocicoaster, that went up so quick because they're – you, you built a Q building and then some rock work, and, it, like, there wasn't a whole lot. Like, Tron certainly could have been built faster. That was a strategic decision to push things off until after the 50th, right? Um, and more yeah, doesn't you know, necessarily mean better. I mean, Velocicoaster is a great ride, but SeaWorld is about to open, yeah. what, its third ride since 2021? Yeah. It's third roller coaster. Well, so Mako and, and the, is and the anyone, surfing. And the well, they had, uh, yeah, I don't remember. No, Mako and then Icebreaker. Icebreaker, and Pipeline, Pipeline, and the new Penguin one. Oh, and they got another, um, yeah, the Penguin. So it's and f- the Penguin one's coming next So it's four. This year. Yeah. It'll be four in four, in four years. That's that's good for them. Or something like that, right? I don't think that's correct. I think it was. Mako um, might have been 19. But Mako still, yeah, was 26, long, no, Mako was 16. But, oh, my God. Is that that long ago? Still, yeah, Mako was 16. COVID effect. I don't even know what year it is. Yeah. So, so Icebreaker 2022, Pipeline 2023, Penguin Trek 2024. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's going to argue that this makes SeaWorld better than Universal no. or Disney. No. Um, it's a different yeah. It's a different experience. It's experience. I'm glad that SeaWorld exists. We went there the other day, and I had a great time. <coughs> I'm glad that Universal exists. I go there often, and I have yeah. a great time. I'm glad but, that Disney exists. Yeah. But the idea I'm that I'm also that glad Universal that FunSpot exists. Yeah. I don't the idea go there. That Universal has supplanted Disney as the flag bearer for themed entertainment in Florida. I think is a little silly. Here's here's the thing. Uh, you know, when you say, oh, Universal is overtaking Disney, there are things that Universal does better than Disney. I don't think that's an argument that even the most ardent Disney stan could right. could argue about. There are there are there are a number of things that Universal does better than Disney. They do construction faster. They do stunt shows better. I mean, sometimes the stuff is less complex. Well, sure it is. Right? Like, they do. What's the best stunt show in Orlando? Uh, it's Bourne. Mm. I think the Bourne stunt show is the best stunt show I've seen. I don't know about that. It's very interesting. I, I, I like the Bourne thing. It I, I think technologically impressive. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a great yeah. stunt show. It's impressive. I it's would very say, good. I would say the Bourne stunt show is better than any Disney stunt show. I think it's better. It's uh, obviously it's competing against one that's thirty five years old, but yeah. still, um, Universal did a really good job with Born. It's neat. Yeah. They do a really good job with Halloween. Um, they do yeah. a really good job with. Well, let me see. Now I'm now. All right. Here's something that Disney does, a, or Universal does a really good job with, that Disney refuses to do, and that is refillable mugs in the parks. Mm. Like that's I like how you immediately like you dropped off the deep end. It was like all these yeah, big important yeah. things and then it became refillable park soda cups. I mean, there are there's a limit, but there are things that Universal does better. Sure. There's there's no question about it. They any of the Harry Potter attractions, yeah. like right, Disney doesn't have a Kuka arm attraction. Yeah. Um, and it's been how many years since Forbidden well, Journey not opened? Allowed to. I know, but yeah. they don't even have anything similar. 
Mm. Like they haven't developed their are. own technology yeah. with the same effect. So, and that's been. I don't been, know that a KUKA arm is an indicator of superiority. I mean, I've ridden it. It was a great ride. And then I was like, you know what? I'm probably not going to ride that again. It's a little. As, I've get, as I'm getting the older, it's a little... single most nauseating attraction. I love it. Yeah, it's, one, it's one of the it's... most nauseating attractions that I don't get sick on. Yeah, you get sick on Cosmic Rewind. But, yeah. But, but Forbidden Journey, you're Forbidden fine. Journey, I'm fine. It's so weird. Um, you know, so like you've got that. I think there's, there's a number of differences. I think Universal does a good job on some things. I think they do a terrible job on other things. I will readily admit that... Too many universal attractions are screen-based. Yeah. That's actually a lot of the reason why they get constructed so quickly, because yeah. there aren't physical aspects to the ride. Yeah. It's a ride vehicle and some projection screens, and that's it. That's easy yeah, and quick to build. When you build that Spider-Man ride system you can, for the 45th time, it turns out it yeah. gets easier. You can yeah, make I that mean, criticism, though. Like, I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, yeah, Cosmic Rewind's this rotating coaster, but so is... Uh, Gringotts. If someone so likes on the, on the surface, they're both like tubular steel, and the ride vehicle rotates, and they're based on project, and they have a lot. Of I mean, that would require I Gringotts think... to have an actual roller coaster portion, as opposed to the yeah. one turn in the dark it makes after a dragon's ass opens into a chasm for some reason, and you're pulled through it. I mean, which let's remember early on that that didn't move. The, the original problems with the ride, one of the trains literally flew into the screen because it didn't move. <laughs> like, it just went full speed, that launch, through that KUKA arm. They have a they have a piece of screen on a KUKA arm yeah. that does this. It, it's the most overbuilt thing I've ever seen. This KUKA arm screen bit that then does this and gets out <laughs> to of the get way. get out of the way. And one time it didn't, and the train just went. <laughs> it's also worth saying that Universal has a lot more rides that everyone can't ride. There are a lot of these. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Gringotts is one of not them. Not a comedy. Gringotts. I, my friend couldn't ride Gringotts because, I mean, he's not, like, yeah. skinny, but he's not, like, a huge guy. But yeah. he's, like, six foot four, six foot five, and he was, like, kind of too just too Gringotts, big all Forbidden over. Journey the is the same way. Forbidden Journey. Velocicoaster is the same way. I think, uh, I think, I mean... The other thing is that there are a lot of universal rides that, uh, notwithstanding, can't fit people, but people don't want or like. Like, I can't ride Transformers because it makes me sick. There are more rides at Universal that make me sick than at Disney. Now, uh, Jimmy for, Fallon makes me sick, but it's well, not that's really a different kind of sickness. Of <laughs> but actually, Gringotts doesn't make me sick. I yeah. can do Gringotts. Um, when I was 14, I, Universal would have been a better park for me, right? There's all these thrilling, sure. not, uh, not, a, not a ton of thrilling things, but there's there's more thrills, yeah. right? When you look at Hulk, but, but that's what Disney, that's what that's Spider-Man. what Universal, that's their target market, yeah, right? right? It's not that it's a better or worse park; it's better or worse for certain people because either they're in the demographic or they're not. Parent, childless. Childless millennials, you know, tweens oh, and boy. teens. Yeah, that, that that's their clientele. I would dare say a bunch of the people in our, I think several of our Wigs members who are Universal stands kind of fit that. Yeah. 
that category. Probably. Um, and so I like no, look. Fine. I get I it. Disney. Disney. It. it has as a pass holder for a couple of years. Disney was kind of a pain, right? The the park reservations and all these other things made you feel. You know, like they didn't care, right? And Universal did a bunch of things that maybe made you think they did care. Like free magnets. Absolutely. Like magnet giveaways and perks. Buttons, and, um, discounts. And they have secret restaurants. No reservations. And no like, reservations. Yeah. So I think Lounges. people just, people got angry and then immediately started, Universal's better. Is it is it better to get, like, like let's look at it this way. Um, either... <laughs> Is it better to be allowed entry to the town dump because you can't you don't get need in, a reservation? Because you can't get into like the zoo? I don't know, like what? Huh? I don't I don't think it's fair to compare Universal to the town dump. I think it has a lot of merit. I there think it is, but that's on Universal's me. side. I mean, wow. I I think it's Universal knew what they were doing. Universal knew exactly yeah. why people were pissed at Disney, yeah. and they did exactly what they needed to do to get people to like them. And ignored COVID and let 50,000 people into That's the park. right. But it was fine. And I know we, we said that on a previous show, and people were, people were pretty nasty in the comments. I'm sorry if you don't believe COVID is real, but it, but it is, and people died from it. That's, that's factual. And it was not probably in humankind's best interest at the height of it that early on when we didn't know much to very simply open the floodgates and let a record number of people into your park. Universal won't tell you this because it's embarrassing, I think. They've tried to hide it. They're, they had record attendance through they COVID. They did. They had record attendance. Because and so was... your Thea numbers don't represent that because that's all made up, by the way. None of those are real. None of those projected attendance numbers you read from Thea are real. So the fact that we look, we post them every year because there's a newsworthy reason to everyone else is posting them. And we always say, like, look, the theme parks do not release these numbers. They have not said this. These are projections. And it's unknown as to how factual they are. But I know from people in both companies, I've talked to people who would know what the attendance numbers are. And on both sides of the fence, Disney and Universal, I've been told they kind of look at those numbers and laugh every year. But Universal had record attendance because they opened the floodgates. Yeah. People didn't want to deal with the reservation system. And it was not – that was not the responsible thing to do. They made a bunch of money and they won people over. But, like, you can't – I can't prove that anyone died because they got COVID at Universal. But you can't prove it didn't happen either. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that is really part of what makes people think Universal – is better or worse. I absolutely think Disney that has, won people over and they it just decided over. they decided regardless of yeah. actual quality of content, they were blinded by the fact that they didn't have to jump through hoops. Which I, mean, I get it. It makes sense. I mean, look at look at SeaWorld. I have a SeaWorld, I have the platinum SeaWorld annual yeah. pass. Right? It cost me twelve dollars. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I, I don't remember. It's so fancy, something or whatever. But SeaWorld is giving me twenty dollars. They're essentially giving me a twenty dollar gift card to go visit Aquatica during the month of January, because they know no one goes to Aquatica, yeah. and I've got a pass so I can go for free. Yeah. And they're giving me twenty bucks to go because I'll spend it on food or drink that's very you know low cost to them. Yeah. Um, and and maybe I'll like. Aquatica. I've never been to Aquatica, even though I've had a SeaWorld annual pass for a year and a half now. So yeah. I, I'm kind of looking forward to go. This is going to get me to go to Aquatica. 
And that's the same exact kind of thing Universal did. Yeah. They said, what can we do that looks like... We want your business. What can we do that looks like it's a great benefit to pass holders? It doesn't really cost us much money, but it will get a lot of goodwill from the pass holders. And the pass holder lounge, you know, opening Confisco Grill as a pass holder only yeah. dining spot yeah. is great. People can go there. They yeah. say, oh, I went to this secret dining spot. It's just another food and beverage location. It doesn't really cost them any more to operate. They've got a staff but then that's less staff yeah. they need at other food and beverage locations. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that Universal did to, to generate a lot of goodwill. And and it, it took people away from Disney and, and it generated a lot of positive uh, social interactions or on social media and things yeah. because people are posting like, oh, check me out. I'm in the secret restaurant at Universal that's pass holders only. And definitely was a secret because every time I went there, Annie and I were the only people in it. Right? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the food wasn't that now, good. So yeah, it's fine. Um, I think but, another but myth worth talking about. Oh, go ahead. I think, I think in terms of marketing, SeaWorld and, and Universal do a lot better job at Disney. Disney takes their pass holders for granted. I think we can all see that that's been the case for like the past four years. Finally, things are turning around a bit. But but Universal and SeaWorld knew exactly what they were doing, trying to win over pass holders and generate goodwill by being better to their pass holders than Disney did. They was. will all eventually do the same thing to you, though. When the chips are down, everybody wants pass holders. And when they're not, no one cares. Right? The Universal is already starting to put the knife in the back and turn it, right? They're like, well, you get your free ticket for Horror Nights. You have to make a reservation. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's starting. You're starting to see it. And it's all great. Like you won people over and they're there now. And look, pass holder benefits at Disney World, there used to be a ton. There were great stuff. There were lounges. There were lounges. You used to go to the lounge at the land upstairs. Yep. That was fantastic. Um, there was all kinds of stuff like that when the chips were down after 9-11. They did a ton of stuff. Yeah. But then they didn't need to, right? And the other the other side of it is like that is the like benefits and perks and things. The, the other thing you have to realize is that is that is mostly an American thing, right? So Tokyo Disney, that annual pass had no benefits. No discounts. The no only nothing. benefit was you could park hop, which other people couldn't on their day tickets until like day three. Right. That was it. Otherwise, it was, you know what? You are, you are buying access to our park 365 days a year. And that's it. That's what an annual pass is. Would you like to have access 365 days a year? This is the price. And then you decide, is that what you want or is that not what you want? Not like, wow, this is a get early entry and this and that. And look, and there's Disney parks where they look. Paris, Paris is a great example. Paris for years had, you know, I had the Infinity Pass, which had a laundry list of insane benefits that I don't even know how anyone thought of. There were <laughs> benefits to, like, store your bags at the storage place for free wheelchairs. Like, all sorts of weird things you would never think are passholder benefits were on that Infinity Pass. And then once money was good, they came back and revamped the whole system and took all of that away, the separate entrances, all that went away. And Universal will do the same to you when they get what they want. These are mega corporations. It is inevitable, right? Like SeaWorld's still in trouble, right? So yeah. it's, 
unlikely if and when they will ever sea not. World, sea World just opened yeah. a VIP entrance only for the platinum, the highest level pass holders, yeah. where you don't even have to go near the turnstiles. Yeah. It's like a separate door with a hallway, and you just walk right up. There's no lines. There's no nothing. There's a person that will scan your ticket. And you're on your way. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And they just did it. They just yeah. opened this a couple of weeks ago. Let's not ago. forget that Disney World, like, we, it's not that we don't get anything. We have separate entrances. They're just useless. Not all the time. You know what? More so recent, especially holiday weeks. Right? Yeah. The Christmas season, there's no one. Like, and people are backed up like 12 deep and just right. went through. And I was like, that's a great benefit. Yeah, because they're all what? blocked they out. They staff them and they're always there, right? Yeah. They're not always a benefit. But nonetheless, Disney has has kept them. They yeah. they haven't closed them. They they leave them there for you to use most of the day, most even of the when time. it's kind of not busy. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, it's not that they that do is... nothing for pass holders. Like, yeah, we've lost stuff. But well, I mean, but look at like that annual pass holder entrance cost them zero. Yeah. Right, cost them nothing. Technically cost them the two people standing there. No, because they would just be at a different They would be, but they're they're there's times where it's busy on the other side and they're just standing. Yeah. And no one's actually using it. So Disney staffing it just in case you come. Right? Yeah, I mean I guess. They've but been doing the magnets, right? You, you went on about Universal's magnets. They have been magnets. doing the magnets. They've had plenty of magnets, right? Yeah. And people they couldn't figure out the mailing thing, which let's be honest, Universal never mailed them either. You have to go in person. You know, so they started doing it in person, and it's worked out really well since they started doing it. There are passholder drinks. There's been passholder merchandise. There's been stuff. It's not that they're not trying, right? And then we're about to have a whole revamp of that reservation system and the park hopping system. Right. And the good-to-go days, which I think will benefit passholders. Passholders, right? Absolutely Would I like the reservation system to be gone and to be able to buy a pass that I can just go whenever I want? I would love that. Don't get me wrong. We're not all the way there, but they're certainly not giving up on on pass holders nor ignoring no. that we exist. Well, I don't think they can because there's definitely some competition. I don't even know that that's it. I don't think they they want a certain type of guests, right? The thing they've gone on and on about is is um, what was the terminology they used at the shareholder call. Um, not preferred guest, but uh, I don't know what it is. But like guests with higher higher per guest spending, and right? They want yeah. the guests that spend money. Yeah, and 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 that's fine. And and that's why when Disney brought back annual passes, you could only buy the most expensive one. Yeah, right. Like you couldn't buy the cheaper ones because they wanted the guests with the money. Yeah. So does everybody else. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what I would like to see is if Disney started giving different levels of perks to the different levels of passes. Like Universal yeah. gives a much bigger discount on merchandise yeah. to the to the top level pass holders. Yeah. And so does SeaWorld. SeaWorld's given me 20 bucks to go visit Aquatica with a platinum pass. Yeah. If you have one of the lower passes, they're only giving you $10. I mean, Hong Kong is great. I love my Hong Kong annual pass mm -hmm. because three visits, you get a pin. Ten yeah. visits, you get like a big medal. Right. Um, there's all these discounts. I mean, remember when Epcot during one of the festivals, if you visited four times, you got a coaster set. And then yeah. another year, you got a set of glasses. Yeah. Right? Like, that was all really cool yeah. stuff. They could do that and just restrict it to the highest level of passes. Yeah. I think that, I mean, SeaWorld and Universal are both doing it. For whatever reason, Disney can't figure out how to freaking swipe your pass to give you a discount 
If they could, they could differentiate between passes and give you a higher discount. Yeah, and the the the, the like have to show it on the phone thing is stupid. It's absurd. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absurd. Dumb. It's dumb. But um, but Disney could absolutely differentiate the passes, and that would make the more expensive pass a better value to those people. And yeah. you know, I I hope that comes. It makes perfect sense to me from a marketing perspective. Um, you know, they could make the the pass holder. I mean, like you said at Christmas, the pass holder line was empty at Christmas. Yeah. That's not because pass holders didn't go. It's because pass all the pass holders were blocked out. Lower level, yeah. Right. So that was essentially a park only for the highest level pass holders because all the first others were blocked thing in the morning, out. It's nice too. Depends. But but I'm saying like that that is the kind of thing they yeah. could. You had a better experience with the pass holder line yeah. because all the lower level passes were blocked out. I think they could. I think they could do a lot to to um, stratify the pass holders and make people want to spend the additional money to get a higher level pass. Yeah, I would if they tomorrow told me there was a pass with better benefits and no reservations. If it was whatever amount of money it was, I would go. You know. Sell lemonade outside on a stand if I had to to buy it. Yeah, because I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to deal with any of those things. That sounds great. Please, thank I you. I used to say before COVID, I used to say, if Disney World doubled the price of their annual pass and had half as many pass holders, and the, that led to the parks being less crowded, I would happily yeah. pay twice as much for my pass if I didn't have to deal with the crowd. The thing is, once you get those people in, though, you never know what they're going to spend, right? So I think they like the idea of. You know, if, they, if these people come like a 50 to 100 days a year, man, they got to eat and they got to buy stuff. They gotta, right. And they don't know, right? They don't know that if they get rid of half those people, like maybe those people, yeah, they bought a cheap annual pass, but maybe they go eat at the restaurants every time they're in the park and maybe they buy merchants. Maybe in the end, those lower tier pass holder people... Or people that wouldn't right. buy a more expensive ticket, maybe in the end they end up spending you know that what? on other stuff. That would be great to know, but yeah. Disney can't figure it out they're because they're not scanning pass. your pass. They're worried about giving me a Magic Band Plus, but the answer's been in front of them all along. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they they try to track you around the park, but the, the, it's super easy to scan your pass and figure out exactly what yeah. you're spending and exactly where you're spending it. They can't figure out how to do it. I feel like we're having an, a pass holder conversation. And we are. And not a Disney versus Universal necessarily. Well, it's it's a Disney uh, versus Universal pass holder conversation. Eric's still there. Still Eric. Oh, where'd he go? I don't know, he's gone. I'll keep um, going in the meantime. I have several things from the wigs. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, if you sign up at patreon.com slash WDWNT for wigs, you get to watch this live. And we actually have a chat uh, with the wigs open right now, which is what I'm going to... Uh, so usually most Fridays we record and people tune in live. Um, Blood Sparrow said Universal has been doing things because Disney didn't since forever. I, I don't know exactly what that means, but I don't – look, like the Disney downturn during the Chapek years, is it, it was a thing, right? But that wasn't that long ago, right? Like the remnants of the era before Chapek were still bleeding into his time, right? So Pandora. Yeah. Pandora, the world of Avatar. Un undoubtedly a smash hit, a mega e-ticket attraction people love, one of the most loved counter service restaurants yeah. in Disney World, if not the most, right? Right, a, a land that absolutely made people want to go to Animal Kingdom and spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Um, 
merchandise. And, and is flawless, right? The sight lines in that land, everything about it, it's beautiful, it's perfection. Um, and di- Universal can't do that, right? I dare you to go. Go to the two Super Nintendo worlds and talk to me about sight lines. They're awful. I mean, hell, go to Volcano Bay. They built, a, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true too. They built an entire perimeter, right? These high walls. And I'm standing there going, you had, you had, you took the time to build these fake flat hills. And instead of raising them a couple more feet, you just gave up. And so I can look at a parking structure and the top of like every other attraction in the park. You went through all the effort of erecting the wall. Right. Why and didn't you, you just make it stopped? Do the function. It's illogical because no one cared, right? Because the level of care is not the same, right? And we'll, that's the key. Look, there are, there are things in the Disney, you know, the, uh, the Chapek years, there are certainly things Disney did where they disregarded sight lines, right? Toy Story Land is a tremendous example of that. Um, but Universal does that consistently. I don't know of anything other than. Um, other than Diagon, because the first Potterland, they didn't really do it either. And they didn't keep to it for damn sure, because the Velocicoaster basically, yeah. you could grab a Butterbeer if you stick your arm out far enough from Velocicoaster. <laughs> um, you know, they did it with the happy accident of the need for the design of the, you go through the wall. Um, but but yeah, in the, in the case of Diagon Alley, they nailed it. Yes. Diagon's perfect. Diagon is Disney level, like placemaking wise. Diagon yep. is probably my favorite part of that park. It's phenomenal. I don't like Gringotts, but the land itself is is up there yeah, with anything. Absolutely. Tremendous. I, I am back. I don't know if you can hear me. We can yeah, hear you now. Po- I had a power outage in the hotel. Oh. Oh. During No, maybe you are at a night. Disney hotel. <laughs> uh, Diagon, you talk about Diagon, how really kind of note perfect it is even gringotts i don't love the ride the ride is kind of what the what queue, it is, the queue is amazing the ride building yeah yeah the the queue the pre-show all of that setup to diagon yeah. uh, to gringotts is impeccable yeah the fact that the uh, dragon they, still breathes fire after this many years i'm super surprised oh, yeah. but like let's look at the dragon for a second right if disney put a static statue of what is supposed to be a living character yeah. On the exterior of a building in, in that in 2014, they would have been eaten alive for it. But Universal people are like, oh, it's so cool. There's a flamethrower in a statue. Like, yeah, it's cool, but it, shouldn't it move? Like the dragon's supposed to be alive. I don't. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Is it? I don't know. I don't know my Harry Potter movies. The that. dragon's definitely supposed to be alive. He's not. He's not part of the architecture. No. It's the moment in the in the story where the dragon emerges from the roof of Gringotts and escapes, which you then experience on the ride. But somehow it's already happened. It already happened before you're in the ride. Well, and so there, as you said, there are lower expectations when it comes to Universal. And so the fact that Universal has a dragon and it still breathes fire after almost a decade is pretty amazing to me. If it was at Disney, it would have to do all that and move. Yeah. Right? But that's just the difference in expectations based on what the companies have done over the past 40 years. Yeah. Like, say what you will, like, the Phantasmic Dragon had a ton of problems. But when that worked, that was, like, a life-altering wow moment. Absolutely. A giant animatronic, like, the Maleficent Dragon character leapt out of the movie and into real life and was really fighting with Mickey Mouse. That was, look, it had problems for sure, you know. 
things happen, right? Walt in Walt's time, they had plenty of things that were ambitious for the time, flying saucers, right? Things that were ambitious for their time, but they tried, and sometimes it worked, and, and, it, and it worked, it and people were impressed by it, yeah. and you know, it, it's not something they could they could maintain, yeah, which is pretty much a lot of the drag. Yeah, issue, the company but, you look, you, you ordered from a company you weren't really ordering a lot of stuff from, and it, it turned out it was a piece of junk, and you tried your best. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. Like there's there's always been problems. Like the dragons, the most recent rocket rods, is right. The Yeti, but. Yeah. The, but but they tried, and it worked to some extent, and it wowed people. For a long time, yeah. And that's why when they brought back flying tires, yeah. that really wowed people. It didn't last yeah. long because it had issues, but but it, it kind of wowed people that yeah. they could actually bring it back, and it worked. And and I think Disney does that more than Universal does. Yeah. Disney, Disney puts their neck out there with some yeah. cutting-edge technology way more often than Universal does. Oh yeah, that's what I said. One of the things I think I said on news today was when the when the roaming droids, the little roaming droids, mm-hmm. came out in Galaxy's Edge, and people in the comments are Universal's catching up. When have you seen anything from Universal that is like little autonomous robots running around? Right? When will you ever see anything from Universal that is a that, look at that Spider-Man stuntronic? Yeah. That is a, a a robot that throws itself into the air, hits a target. With 99.9% accuracy most days, you know, things happen. Um, the precision and the, the, the magnitude of that invention, right? The universal creative, I don't think will ever have the R&D people that WD, even if WDI is on its last legs, that R&D team is always doing things that probably most people would think is impossible. I mean, they're doing things now that you're not going to see in the parks for 10 years. Yeah. And that's how you stay ahead, right? That's how you... Yes. And look, they definitely took the focus, some of that focus off during the JPEG years, right? Um, and by not having the roaming aliens and the roaming droids in Galaxy's Edge, they they gave the world an inferior product. And the world knew that. And I think Galaxy's Edge is the still world, kind of licking its wounds from the, that. The world still. pretty much held them accountable. Yeah. Um, but Universal, like, yeah, I've entered the Wizarding World, but, like, there's not goblin. Like, there's some goblins in the queue, which are the worst animatronics (laughs) you've ever seen. Oh, I like them. They look kind of real. I mean, that's what a goblin looks like, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're bankers. (laughs) Bankers don't do a lot of exciting stuff. Um, All bankers turn their heads like this, like, and then look off the page (laughs) while they write. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, animatronics are absolutely one thing that Disney has an enormous advantage over Universal, and yeah. I think probably always will. To Universal's credit, they I think they realize that in the last couple of outings, right? Those the Indominus figures on Jurassic World are fantastic. They're very, very good. And the big outdoor, when they work, the outdoor stuff in Super Nintendo World, that piranha, that big sleeping piranha plant is cool. It's neat. That stuff breaks a lot, and their maintenance isn't great, and so it kind of sits there for a while. Yeah. But but to Universal's credit, I think they heard what people were saying and have tried mm-hmm. in some cases, right? I still think, look, and we could argue, is Universal creative to blame or is Nintendo to blame for 
what happened with Super, what happened with Mario Kart, right? And whether or not the AR is good or not, did the ride is the ride everything it should? It, again, another attraction where people had expectations. People had expectations that they were going to get on a fast Mario Kart racing ride. Yeah, and it's not. It's a dark ride where you wear AR goggles and push buttons. That's what it is, right? And don't get me wrong, the queue that is one of the best queues ever built. It is a gorgeous land at times when you look in the right directions. Um, it has, Nintendo has its moments, but then it does what I think most universal projects for me have done is where the, the attraction is the thing that falls short of the finish line. Right. right. They built this restaurant that has great food and they built this incredible land where you go around and you hit things and, and things are actually re responding, right? It's undoubtedly cool when you hit a block and a Koopa, you know, gets hit and, and the, the shell flies up and like that stuff is cool. It's great. If that's what more of the attractions were, that'd be great. But the Yoshi ride is is a kind of a piece of junk. It's kind of useless. And Mario Kart's not the most impressive thing anyone's done. And it kind of, I think, in representing Mario Kart, it's kind of a lame. It's kind of a lame yeah. representation. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's very true. And that reminds me of Galaxy's Edge, where there were all these promises and none of them actually came yeah. true. And now Galaxy's Edge is kind of a lame land. Yeah, other but, than Rise, right? Yeah. But what Disney did do with that same IP was they built Star Cruiser. Star Cruiser yeah. contained a ton of elements that were originally supposed to go into Galaxy's Edge, yeah. right? Roaming droids, some kind of like uh, personal whatever they called it, the, the like reward system. Oh, the reputation system. Reputation yeah. system, yeah. Like all that stuff we were supposed to have, yeah. All that stuff. Uh, and it, it turns out in, when it's all working together, it's glorious. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it, it worked in Star yeah. Cruiser and it was fantastic. They couldn't figure out how to do it on a big enough scale to make it work in Galaxy's Edge or in the case of they animatronics, they just to. chose not to. Um, but, you know, like that's what made Star Cruiser glorious. And I think everybody who went on Star Cruiser loved it. Um, it. It's just that the price that Disney had to pay to do that was more than most people were willing to bear. Yeah. But those things are doable. And, I mean, if Universal – for Universal to try to come up with some equivalent to that, I don't think they're ever going to make it. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a couple things that you see a lot. Um, and one of these is this sort of notion that Universal's this uh, underdog company fighting against the behemoth um, and lapping them uh, every at every turn. Um, I think, first of all, it's worth pointing out, Universal is a bigger company. You know, Comcast is bigger than Disney. Their market cap is... Uh, similar but larger. They almost uh, bought they are, Disney. Yeah, yeah, they probably could have uh, under yeah. the right circumstances. Uh, I think that their market cap is in the same ballpark as Disney's, but markedly higher. I think they have. Uh, I mean, it's a way higher now because Disney's is in the dumpster. But, um, but I think they have a business model that's a little bit more um, spread out and um, yep. less subject to risk. It's a little bit more um, diversified than Disney's offerings. At the same time, Disney, when it comes to themed entertainment, is the flag bearer. 
Uh, when it comes to tourism in Central Florida, Disney is the flag bearer. When it comes to, you know, the uh, global perception of theme parks, Disney is the one that people think of. So for Universal to be willing to spend the kind of resources they're spending to build something like Epic Universe, which is uh, a unique undertaking for so many reasons, is pretty gutsy. And I think it's going to benefit everyone in Central Florida, so we should be happy that it's going to exist. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, that's a real risk. It's it's. I, I think it's a calculated risk, obviously. Um, it's universal... Comcast had to make a decision. Are we? Do we want to be in this space, or do we just want to let things kind of wither and die? Yeah. And they made the decision, we want to be in this space. We're a reasonable competitor. People, They've gotten insanely bullish, right, to the point at which yeah. they're building. They want to build a park in Europe, and they want to build this kid-only, like, boutique park in Texas. Yeah. And, and this Horror Nights, Nights thing, thing in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. No, that was all a very calculated risk yeah. because they wanted to be in that space. They, yeah. wanted to, they wanted to be in the same space as Disney. And, I mean, maybe they wanted to because they thought, well, Disney's kind of a monopoly and we're the only ones that can put up any kind of fight. I think they just saw promising numbers post-COVID and decided, like, yeah. let's Well, that's, let's I think that's very true, too. They just decided they thought, there's a lot of room for growth in this business yes. segment. And, I mean, there's there obviously, if you look at Central Florida in the past 40 years, yeah. right, Disney had one park yeah. 50 years ago, and there was no Universal. Yeah. SeaWorld opened in 73. Yeah. Right? So then there were like two parks, and there was, uh, I mean, there were Cypress Gardens, yeah. right? But now Disney has four parks and two water parks, and Universal has two parks with a third on the way, plus a water park, and SeaWorld has a water park. Yeah. And I mean, it's still growing. Right, like obviously more people come to Central Florida on vacation than they used to in the seventies, but uh, there's there's not really any thought that we're tapped out at this point. Well, what no one what no one is talking about is how Universal is about to make the same mistakes that Disney made many years ago. Right, so let's look back at Disney parks in the nineteen nineties. Right, a I would say an even more bullish expansion it was. plan. Right, yeah. Look at the look at that decade, right? You open M the Disney a decade, bit, a little bit even beyond the decade, right? You open the Disney MGM Studios in '89 and '92. You're opening a park in Europe. In by '98, you have a fourth park at Walt Disney World. In '95, you opened a second, a third, actually water park. Yeah. How many hotels did they build during the Eisner years? Like twenty, yeah. some insane number of hotels. But then look what they were doing outside of that, right? Like they're 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 like. Well, California, we only have one park. We should do a second park in California. Paris, we only have one park. We, should, we have to do a second park in Paris to keep the land. Um, we should do regional entertainment venues. Everyone remember Disney Quest? Oh, I love Everyone Disney remember Quest. ESPN Zone? Yeah. How did those turn out? Not too good. Those are in some ways in a similar vein to the kid park in Texas, right? Now, look, they could build that small enough to where it could easily succeed. The overhead's not high, and if you sell... A couple hundred admissions a day, like Legoland or something. It could it could be the Legoland business model, and maybe that will work. 
Maybe that will work. I don't know how strong, other than Minions, their kid franchises are at this point. Um, but it was uh, whoever fought to get SpongeBob from Nickelodeon for that. That's probably the saving grace. I was convinced that park was a failure until you don't think like, uh, well, you Beetle Bailey and. Well, no, but look at what Gabby, the girl with the cats, which is a mildly popular show. I don't even they know. They had Camp Cretaceous, about. which is like the mildly popular Netflix kids show about Jurassic World. These were not giant mega franchises, right? Shrek hasn't made money in a very long time. Like, people know what Shrek is, but it's not. A hot commodity. It's not the the thing that's going to pull people in, right? The thing that's going to pull people in Epic Universe is Nintendo. There is no doubt. They have an anchor, which is why they fought. Look, another thing I want to talk about. People going on and on about how quick Universal is to build things. What year did they sign the deal with Nintendo? And what year is Epic Universe opening? It is a much, for all the people like Derek Bergen and all these people on Twitter and everything that ranted and raved like, oh, they announced Avatar in 2011 and they opened the land in 2017. Yeah, you, that was six years. You are over six years from announcement of Nintendo to it in Florida. You took way longer. So we want to talk about construction. We want to talk about how long it takes to do things. Universal can be just as guilty of that as Disney is, I mean, right? And it, the plan changed a million times, right? I remember, oh, it's going to be in it's going to be in USF. And, oh, they're going to do Zelda at Islands. And, oh, they're going to do this and that. And they flip-flopped for how many years? And then finally someone goes, well, we could do a third park, and then it'll sell like the same way we saved the first park by building another potter in it. You know, we, we can anchor a third park. Like, these two parks are pretty successful, Anchor the third park with it, right? And but the problem with the kids park is, I don't think they really had an anchor at There's first. No other than I guess people troll. I don't think the trolls movie did that well. The latest one, um, you know, and minions. I, and minions is there. That's the one that the gift that keeps giving. But man, I know Disney made that many <laughs> of any animated movie. Because what are are they up to? Like seven or eight of them minions? now? No. Well, because you have to count the two series, right? Despicable Me and uh, Minions. I guess. Yeah. How many are there? There's at least six, no? Like, look, you could make the – we're going to get Frozen 3 and 4. One. I get it. Um, and Toy Story. But the reason those take longer to get to – yeah, Toy Story 5. That's fair. And Toy Story 4 is a piece of garbage. Um, the reason we take longer to get to those with Disney is there's – you know, in most cases, there's kind of a story trust and you want – to make sure it's right because right. you don't want to be the people that ruin the franchise. In the case of Universal Universal and Illumination, it's a factory and it's, it's well, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. People like you throw some fart jokes in and it'll be fine. Because <laughs> um, I went I went to see, I don't watch, I've tried to watch prior to the, the Minion Mayhem, or not Minion Mayhem, the Villain Con ride opening. Mm-hmm. I wanted to understand what I was looking at, so I went and tried to watch those movies. They were awful. They were awful. <laughs> the first Despicable Me is a very good movie. And that's why the franchise exists. Even the second one's good. Yeah, it's fine. The Minions movies are, are near unwatchable. They're they're very they're very poor. I went to see my mother wanted to see Migration, which is from Illumination, and I watched it and it was very much, you know, paint by numbers, you know, cookie cutter kids movie. There's nothing. 
it does, they do not capture that magic of a Disney franchise or IP. And Disney has so many of them because of that. Like the Lion King. The Lion King will be around forever. Yeah. Right? Universal has franchises like that. They do not keep them alive. Right? Back to the Future. Back to the Future is still as relevant as it's ever been. It's a Broadway musical that sold out every day for yeah. Back to the Future. Where is it in the parks? Why I mean, is it not in the parks? Jaws, the highest grossing films of all time. Everyone knows Jaws. There's nothing. There's a statue, a statue next to a bar. This is all the inclusion of these IPs. Like, look, King Kong, the original ride went away. Kudos to them like to, to think and feel like, King Kong is timeless. We can do a new King Kong ride. Well, same with Jurassic Park, really. Like Jurassic, yeah. the Jurassic Park area of islands was sort of abandoned and decrepit yeah. for a long time before Velocicoaster. Mm -hmm. But now, yeah, I mean. They reinvested, right? Jurassic World, like, look, I don't like Jurassic World as much as Jurassic Park, but you've, you've updated the land and you're, you're giving it some love and you're, you're keeping right. the franchise alive, which is great. Right. Yeah, Universal seems to spend a lot of effort on keeping the wrong franchises alive. Like Shrek is a good example. It's like, look at Ep Epcot and Universal Studios Florida have a very similar problem in that they were two parks filled with all these fantastic attractions. And then by the time someone looked, turned around and thought about it, they were like, oh, the only ride left is living with the land. And oh, the only ride left is the E.T. adventure. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I love E.T. and I love living with the land. But in the grand scheme of the things they were born with, the things that were in the park when they were were envisioned, right. they're, they're the afterthought. They were the afterthought rides. E.T. Yeah. E. was not the ride people broke down the door nope. at USF to go see. Right. It was everything. It was like King Kong and Jaws and Back to the Future. And an earthquake. And probably for kids, Hanna-Barbera was probably more of an earthquake. <laughs> Hanna-Barbera was probably more of a draw for kids by the time E.T. got built. Um, I would think, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe E.T. was still drawing real strong back then. But it wasn't the high. Same with Living with the Land. Like, yeah, now people are like, I love it. I hope it stays well, forever. And it's like, you guys, there was Journey to Imagination and Horizons that's, and, and World of And motion. you know what? Disney and, and Universal's doing the same thing that Disney is with with all of the merchandise, too. Look yeah. at how much Jaws and E.T. and Back to the it's Future the and Jurassic Park merchandise yeah. you've got. And nobody buys the merchandise yeah. for VillainCon. Yeah. And it's the same at Epcot. You've got a figment popcorn bucket that's for Journey to Imagination. Nobody likes the no ride. No one lined up for your stupid Skyliner Guardians bucket. No. Because no one, like, people like Guardians, but not to that extent. Like, right. they, you didn't make a connection with right. them. Um, no, but that's a great example. Like the figment popcorn bucket is mass hysteria. The mass hysteria that's been around a f the figment meet and greet and the buckets and all of that stuff. And the ride is terrible. Yeah. But people love that character. Man. Right. But it's like the same. But it's true. It's like everyone doesn't understand what the best thing is to do with their franchises. So it's, you know, and, and look, Guardians probably worked out for the best. They'll, they'll make a ton of, I think that store does pretty well, but. Um, I, you don't see stuff flying off the shelves in that Guardians store either, though. No, I mean you People don't. People like Guardians. You I don't. Like in, Guardians. You don't at, at uh, DCA either, really. Yeah, because I, I think it's more because they just don't have good stuff. Well, I think know. that's very true. That's too. another. That's another story. But quick, I think that was the thing. They, they opened Avengers Campus, and they thought. Um, they were going to merchandise was going to fly off the shelves, and then people just kind of looked at it and went, 
I'm not buying a fifty dollar toy to play with on the ride. What are you, what are you talking right? about? Like this, I don't want it. It was and and, and also I, I think people have a affinity for Disney merchandise much more yeah. than Marvel merchandise, right? Yeah. Like too much of the Marvel crap you could get at Target. You could sell like right the, the thing to sell is like people obviously or buy Universal. t-shirts and hoodies. Yeah. T-shirts, hoodies, people ride buy vehicles, t-shirts and things relevant and, and to the ride. Kids, right? But anything else is probably not what that audience is looking no, for, right? No, that's it's a not. difference, right? If you go to like Dollywood or or Cedar Point or whatever, the merchandise is very limited. It's like every well, all the all the popular roller coasters get a T-shirt and yeah. there's a little ride model and a pin. Yeah, and that's what they Maybe get, a right? Mug then, or whatever. But then you look at Disney, like Haunted Mansion has a store. The Haunted Mansion has its own store where it has hundreds of different items. Pirates of the Caribbean has its own store with hundreds of items. And the ride sells as much merchandise, if not more now, both of those, than it it did when it opened, when it was new and hot. Well, arguably, Imagination does too. Figment does too. That might be fair. They might sell more Figment stuff now. It's possible. I mean, he's got. I mean, a lot of that pirates merchandise is general pirate merchandise. No, they have Uh, a lot of pirates of the Caribbean specific stuff. They have some, but Memento Mori has a lot. All of their merchandise is specific to that one attraction. Yeah, but Memento Mori is the size of this table. As opposed yeah. to the pirate you know, shop, uh, El well, Carib uh, Bazaar, or wherever it it's called. I mean, yeah. that that also has Indiana Jones merchandise. It does, and Coco, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, Coco merchandise. Yeah, but but as far as footprint, I mean, Pirates has as. Much I mean, well, and you want to talk about wasted opportunities? Look at Tower of Terror. Yeah. Their whole merchandise is mostly Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Like, where's the Tower of Terror? Well, now, unique because merchandise? there's only one other Tower of Terror, they like don't even bother. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, but it's terrible. Paris even was like. You guys make bad tower merchandise. We're going to make our own and blew the U.S. parks away. Absolutely. They're like, why don't you guys make the sign? Yeah. Why don't you make the HTH sign? How about like a like a weird mantelpiece clock well, with and they, all this art? And like the merchandise was insane. They, and Disney used to make good merchandise for tower. I mean, they had yeah. all kinds of like keys. But and, still not on that level. Still no. not well, I mean, what and, Paris and is doing. Tokyo now. does a way better job too for yeah. that matter. But um, We're getting off topic though. Yeah. Quick that's note: true. there are uh, there are six Minions slash Despicable Me films. One of them is being released this year, so there are five out now. And this one being released this year, they're predicting will hit. Uh, and a in a very short dollars. amount of time. When did Despicable Me come out? Uh, let's see, 2010. Then they released films in 13, 15, 17, and 22. So in, in and have another one. What, so in 14 years, they made six, six movies. movies. Yeah, I mean, Toy Story yeah. was twice as long. I Toy mean, Story is what 95 to yeah, to twice as long to get. What's to Fast five and movies. Furious? They have Fast and Furious has at least ten. That's yeah, that's and, uh, so that's absurd. That's yeah, every other year or something like. that. It's a fast yeah, and I just movie. don't think people feel like like yeah, the minions are popular now, and they move merchandise and stuff. Will they be timeless? We'll have to wait and see. But I think Universal, I think for so long was building so many screen rides because their thought was none of this is timeless. So if we have to come back in ten years and replace this, we should make it as easy on ourselves as pop as possible, right? And and part of that was look at Jimmy Fallon, right? That is clearly built to be like if Jimmy Fallon got fired from the Tonight Show tomorrow, <laughs> the new person could come in and they could update that. Pretty in, quick. In a month, probably. Well, they got to animate a film. But, uh, yeah. but still, not a very long amount of time, no. right? Right. And that's how a lot of that stuff felt. I think a lot of it was like, well, it'd be easy to update. But the problem is they didn't. I mean, Toy Story Midway Mania yeah. was designed that way too, they and they didn't. 
right? Like Transformers yeah. is still there, and that hasn't gotten an update. Disney, it felt like broke out of that trend real quick, though, right? Like they that, did. They that era of Toy Story, but then look, look at Star Tours. Right. Star Tours is the one they've done the best job with. Yeah, Star uh, Star Star Tours is still my favorite Star Wars ride. But but maybe because. Star Tours now had to compete with much newer Star Wars attractions, right? If if you were going to come out with a new shooter ride in the same park as Toy Story Mania, yeah. Toy Story they'd have to do something with Toy Story Mania to to yeah. keep people going there. Yeah. Right? So it's it's the competition within within the franchise. But I think like Universal, they keep coming out with minion attractions and things, at some point people are going to be like, these are just kind of junk. And if they open a new minion attraction that's a good one, yeah. no one's going to go on VillainCon, right? Like Already barely people. I mean, I, yeah, on. right? It's, it's at, flopped hard. It's kind of like Moana, right? Like nobody, Moana, people are in Moana. People are in it, but it doesn't draw the kind of crowds that I think – an Epcot attraction should. I think management thought Moana was going to be a draw. And then meanwhile, I think the park, like I think the park said, right, when you when you embark on a reimagining of a park, you the park usually has like a laundry list of needs, right? And I think one of the things they put on the needs list was we want a, a splash pad that's more immersive than the liquid layer. That's what we would like. And so WDI had to go figure that out. That was the point of it. The point of it was not we want a splash pad that makes people buy admission. Because <laughs> I don't think that's anyone's ever no. going to. No, It's not, not going to happen. But the truth is if you build a good enough playground area, what Universal's credit, the one thing Universal I think here does better Children's play areas. Yeah. Camp Jurassic, phenomenal. Yeah. I love Camp Jurassic. It's amazing. But what but what about the ball factory? <laughs> we did lose we the ball back. factory, which yeah. also was great. Yeah. But, but also was at regional amusement. I parks mean also. Like like Seuss Landing is a great land. You don't like it? It's fine. What don't you like about it? The rides are bad. But as a as yeah. a land, I mean, it's pretty enough. But like they, the arch. Another thing, like a, a double standards, right? Universal's catching up. The arch nearly collapsed at the entrance. Yeah. they removed it. They never replaced it. So now there's just these two. Like they look like those Oral B uh, toothpicks. <laughs> is what they look like now. It's yeah. just two of them just sticking up out of the ground. Yeah. It's like what happened. Like literally, Universal didn't have a plan. To keep, to maintain Seuss Landing as long as they did. So the place started crumbling, right? right. Remember how long they, they worked on the Circus McGurkis facade? Yeah. Because no one knew what to do. People were like, we use this material, and it turns out every 20 years, you kind of have to go back and redo this, or right. it's going to fall on somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the same thing that happened to Dueling Dragons, too, right? Like, Dueling Dragons reached the end of its planned life cycle. They, well, no. Well, also, like someone got hit in the eye with a quarter, which was well, that's a, that's a different. That's but a at that design point, it's like, problem. Well, this doesn't this doesn't serve its purpose anymore anyway. No, so. I mean, like they yeah. could have kept it. They would have had to retract the whole just thing. Just like Hulk, yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. just like Hulk. Yeah. Um, but they, I think, and this happens a lot. I think this happens with all kinds of enterprises. It certainly happens with like roadways and stuff too, where you know what the 
estimated lifespan of your materials or whatever your building is going to be. Yeah. But you don't plan for the end of it. Like this happened, honestly, this happened with DVC at Old Key West. Old Key West has got 19 years left on the contracts. Disney never planned what they were going to do with Old Key West at the end of the contracts. Yeah. Right? They just kind of came up with stuff and they tried some things like, hey, let's see if people want to extend. And they tried it. Some people did and some people didn't. Still nobody knows what's going to happen in 2042 when all the Old Key West contracts expire. Like, are they going to bulldoze the thing? Are they going to sell new contracts? I mean, who wants to buy a new contract for a 50-year-old hotel now? But, well, you're going to pay a hell of a lot more. I mean, I want Old Key West. It's a great hotel. It is. I it's love one it. one of my favorites. It's, it's also super cheap. It's the best property. Yeah. Um, it's also super cheap compared to all the new yeah. ones, too. But but once it once it flips over and starts anew, you're not going to get it that cheap anymore. Yeah. Um, but, like, n- no one... No one, no one thinks about what to do at the end of the of the life cycle of an no. attraction or a land or a park or whatever, right? Like well, Disney has maintenance plans, right? There's like they, they know. So when I interviewed Zoltorme, Zoltorme is the like the rockwork king of WDI. That's what he does. They knew the second they built Cars Land what the painting schedule was. Like, sure. It's like 10 years in, you do this. 20 years in, you have to do this. Yeah, sure. That's mapped out. I don't think Universal mapped that out. I don't think they do. They were like, oops, like that crumbled. Should we check the rest? I think maybe oh, right. we should check Absolutely. the rest. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or the alternative is that the people that designed it knew, yeah. but then the institutional knowledge got lost. Yeah. Right, that's probably the more likely scenario. The, is work, that the last never... thing you need is me getting hit in the head with the Q is for Quan <laughs> speaker because it <laughs> fell out of the facade. Yeah, Quan's I mean, but like uh, Disney does have better maintenance plans. Whether they stick to them or push them off is a different question, right? Yeah, like they knew how often you need to repaint Cars Land, whether it got repainted on yeah. that schedule or got delayed yeah. a bit. Right, like that's yeah. the same for a lot of other Disneyland things. You, you see d- it in Tokyo when they did the, when they did the multi-year mysterious island scaffold project. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, that was it was unreal to watch that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge. That was a huge it's project. Biggest, it's the biggest rock work they've ever done. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole whole volcano, and it goes around. The I have. Land. Um, I have a few little mini topics. That I feel like we should spend a few minutes each, kind of. Round, go around the table and discuss. Sure. Uh, are you guys it's ready? It's a good thing we have a round table. Eric's not on it. I know, and, and good thing I'm not at it. <laughs> uh, number one, the p- most popular thing at Universal in terms of seasonal events is Halloween Horror Nights. How does it compare to other seasonal offerings that Disney has? It's such a different demographic. Um, but to Universal's credit, they know the demographic and they cater to it hard. Yeah. They do everything they possibly can to make that event as successful as they possibly can and make as much money as they can. Most of the time to the detriment of the guests because it's way overcrowded and the lines are yeah. absurdly long. But Universal yeah. knows what they're doing with Halloween Horror Nights. They have people working on those houses year round that are that are the best designers for that kind of thing. They do an amazing job because they know that's what people expect. And if Disney ever tried to do anything like it, it would be laughable. And, and I think, I mean, 
If they try to do a horror thing? People raved about the stuff in Hong Kong. Annie went when they did the one in Hong Kong. And I mean... There's only one house, but... It's also, it's also Hong Kong versus here, I think, I is a little know. different. I would like to see them try. I really would oh, like I to see... Oh, I think it would be fun to see them try. Like. But But Universal is, I think, firing all cylinders with, with Halloween Horror Nights. It's, it's a brand now, right? You go to Spencer Gifts in the mall, or it's a Hot Topic. Hot, hot topic. topic, yeah. Go to hot, I get those all confused. Hot Topic at the mall, I went in New York, and I'm like, there's Horror Nights merch. And not like, yeah. not like movie Horror Nights merch, like Jack the Clown. I'm like... This is you. You. It's, it's a, just like the haunted mansion. You've you've created a it's, character. It's a and pop a, culture thing yeah. now. It goes beyond yep. the park. The people outside the parks know what it is. I. I, I and mean, I mean, at some point, Halloween Horror Nights is, and it may be at this point, it's too popular. It. Yeah. They don't have the capacity to to do and and make available to everyone. Like look at look at Nightmare Fuel. Nightmare Fuel runs four times a night during Horror Nights. How many people can that theater hold? Like 2,000 maybe? A couple thousand probably. Yeah, somewhere right? Around, maybe 1,500. But, but so, so on any given night, they can only, they, you can only fit 8,000 people yeah. in Nightmare Fuel. But they've got twenty to 30,000 people coming into Horror Nights, right? Yeah. Like you can't let more people into Horror Nights and not expand the offerings. Yeah. Because people are going to start to get pissed that they don't have the value for their ticket. Yeah. I, mean, I know they. I mean, they've ramped up the number of houses over the years. They like have. Ten, they've done what they could. Ten is a lot, but we've now reached the point where ten is not even right enough. It's, it's not. It's not enough. And I mean, there's more. There's more scare zones and everything else too. Yeah. Um, but there are certain things they can't ramp up because they run out of space or whatever. Yeah. And like Nightmare Fuel is one of those things they can't really ramp up. But yeah. it, at some point, people are going to be annoyed that they spent more money on a ticket and got less for their money, yeah. which is what Disney's been doing for years now, yeah. thanks to Chapek. Lower expectations, though, right? You, you cannot will tell you. properly experience you cannot properly experience something like a haunted house if they don't leave space between the groups. And so it's so crowded that yeah. it's just a long line of people it going is. It's through. A but like people it, buy a ticket to Hard Nights, they do three houses and they're happy. Experience. They're like, we waited an hour or two yeah. each. They did three houses, and that's their Halloween experience. The, the expectations are so different, I well, think. But let me, let me say this, though. If I go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, it's the same theme park, right? They overlay a few things. I can get candy bars, but it's the same rides and nothing else. All you're paying for is, Universal is the parade and Halloween. the fireworks. Entertainment and fireworks, and right. So, so I can go to Universal and experience 10 completely different offerings, attractions that are time-consuming and intricate and artistic. The focus of the event fun. is not, right? The focus of Horror Nights is not the Parades attractions that are open. They open the attractions no. to give people something yeah. to do who are tired of standing in line, right? Mickey's not so scary. There's not enough to do that's unique to the event. So they have to open all the attractions. I don't even agree with this. But. I mean, you've got, you've got a parade. And you've got fireworks, and you've got stage shows. And character treating. meet and greet. And, show, and show. character meet and greet. You can't do it all in one night. You can't. But how much of that They're is... Also the ride well, especially because Disney shuts it down pretty early. Well, so. you've got... Yeah, you've got more event. time at Horror Nights. Uh, Horror Nights is open later. I mean, Horror Nights opens, what, five or six? and goes till... Oh, they're not... Yeah, they're different. They're yeah. not even comparable. But, like, how, how much of what's available... At Mickey's Not So Scary is something you can also do during the day. A lot of it. 
How much of what's available at Horror Nights is something you can also do during the day? Virtually none of, of attractions, it. Yeah. Right, and that's yeah. the difference. To me, that's the difference. Yeah, but they're again. I think they've got something kid, special. Oh, it's down. totally different demographic. Going one over the other, and that's why. And that's why Mickey's Not So Scary continues to sell out. Yeah, is because it's a completely different demographic. Yeah. Universal has done a great job to draw the demographic they did yeah. because they know it's different than Disney. Yeah. All right. Here's another question. Do you feel that the Marvel and Simpsons licensing agreements will be modified in the coming years, or do you think they're just going to go on in perpetuity where Universal's going to have properties that are owned by Disney in their parks? The Simpsons contract is nearly over, and I believe Universal's already aware that they have to replace it. I mean, the Simpsons think, are already Universal. You think Disney will try to renew it or just make them change they it? They can't renew it. It will not they be like they've already – they know it's not being renewed. Marvel is perpetuity, so until Comcast decides to relinquish, they can keep that forever. But Simpsons, I think, is up in 27, 28, whatever it is. They are, they're aware that it's not being renewed. But also um, that attraction is not going to last quite, quite that long, I no, think. No, but they expanded into full lands, right? So there's like a yeah, whole land yeah. around it they got to figure out. Look – I, I'm going to continue to float this out there because I think it's the idea that needs to happen. Just turn it back into Back to the Future. Just just sure. remaster the film, fix the ride, throw it back in, turn the stupid counter service into the – turn Moe's into Cafe 80s. You want a bar? Yeah. Redo the counter service and it's, it's and get done. Rid of the, get rid of the stupid games. It's and done. The Goldie Wilson, I want the Goldie Wilson yeah. car. How are you gonna? How are you street. gonna theme Goldie Wilson spinner? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's you sweeping. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect. Like that would not only. Are there flying trains? Little flying trains. That would not only please all the fanboys. It would bring back an IP that they've neglected, like that we talked about. It sells merchandise. Yeah. It's a new attraction. Like obviously, it's not a new ride system, but it would yeah. be essentially a new attraction, yeah. and and people would be happy. I think I think you're right. I think that's I like think the food and beverage would print money. I think that's like a golden opportunity, yeah. um, for what to do with what about Marvel. Marvel, it's a, until they decide to. I don't. I, if I was them, I probably yeah. wouldn't relinquish it either. Why bother? We we have all this other stuff we want to spend money on, and Spider Man and Hulk draw really well. So just let them let them sit there and rot for as long as possible. So yeah. I don't have to pay to put something in there. Right. Because you can't leave you it right. The second that contract ends, you got to essentially go in and and retheme you the need, entire. Because people are not going to live I, without no, I, those rides. I think in that they part. could. Cr why could they not? create some sort of licensing agreement that allows them to maintain those two rides, but also allows Disney to have Marvel, more Marvel stuff on the East Coast. Because they don't want them to, because then Disney can clobber them. <laughs> Doesn't it already feel like Junior Varsity Marvel over there, though? Spider-Man is one of the most beloved attractions. Spider-Man is the reason I have an annual pass. Spider-Man is one of the best theme park rides ever built, so... I don't That's know. Avengers I mean, Campus I mean, feels feels pretty. I was going to say, there's a Spider-Man attraction in California that is in no way, shape, or form anywhere yeah, near botched, comparable. They botched Marvel big time, right? Big so, time. But so when I say yeah. Junior Varsity, it feels a little off-brand, right? It's yes, What's it's the oh, it's off, it's great, right. right? But the Land Superhero Island feels yeah. a little little off-brand because the Marvel Universe has evolved into this Marvel sure. Cinematic Universe yeah. that is a different thing that is um, but they don't have the right perceived to, touch to be, it, so. I think, a superior product. 
If they alter the deal, that's it. Disney's going to, if the deal is altered, if Universal wants to alter the deal, it's going to be breaking the deal, right? Like, so so Universal can either keep it as is and put some money into maintaining it or, or it's gone. It's one I mean, or it's one or the other. Uh, here's here's what I can envision for that is at some point, Spider Man and and Hulk. I mean, Hulk got it completely retracted, so it's got yeah. another twenty years. But at some point, those rides are going to be more expensive to maintain than than Universal wants to spend. And in it's what you Why? don't think so. The Spider Man rides could be hard to maintain. They have forty of the same thing. Uh, yeah, they but have all the parts and everything. I'm not well, right? But like the building and and all of the infrastructure and equipment that goes. It's not just like the ride vehicles. Yeah, but they they rebuilt. They they spend a lot of money in there. Only what like ten years ago. When sure. They did the, the oh, I'm not saying this is going to be soon. Yeah. I'm saying at some point in the future, there's going to be there's going to they're going to do a return on investment calculation for Hulk and Spider Man, and and. You know, when they need to retrack Hulk again, maybe they're not going to retrack it as Hulk, right? Yeah. And so they're going to have those deals in place, but they're going to actually change the attractions before they give up the rights. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're not going to close entire superhero island at one shot. They're going to redo the attractions and retheme them. I think them. once you redo anything in that land, then it's all done. Well, I believe the way the deal is is set up is like the, you have to maintain it. And if you do something different to anything in there, then that's the end of the well, deal. Well, sure, and that makes so sense. So if they want to change one thing They've in that got to land, change it all. It all has to go. Yeah. So they can't just retheme Hulk to another IP and keep Superhero Island. It doesn't work. No, that but way. I mean that's they, my understanding. They're, they're going to be, be they're going to be like sequential though. It's not like they're going to close the whole I land. I think they have to. I actually think they will have to. I think they can retheme Hulk and and Hulk can reopen when Spider-Man closes. I don't know. Like that's what I think is is I think it'd be easy enough with Hulk to just overnight knock down the statue and turn the turn that's the video off and then it's not Hulk. That's true. Right? Like that it's just, like that, green, it's just green big green coaster. Yeah. And then, green roller coaster. Right, you can operate that until Spider-Man and the rest is done and then close that's true. that, right? That's true like, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of felt like with Hulk, that's kind of what they thought. They were like, okay. you know, it's, it's, yeah, we did all these upgrades and, and stuff, but technically we could we could de-theme this very quickly. I mean, it's almost de-themed to. anyway. Yeah. Right? Like it's right. so lightly yeah. themed. Yeah. It's just green. There's a reason why you look at um, – what's funny is I was looking at a picture of USJ the other day and I was like – I saw the tunnel and I was like, oh, Hulk. And then I thought of it. I was like, it's USJ. They don't have Hulk. I was like, oh, it's Hollywood Dream, which has a tunnel. Looks the same. The same with the the stupid Transformers roller coaster. Um, they built Hulk as a Transformers roller coaster when in the international parks it exists. Yeah, they have the, the the Battlestar Galactica one that had all the problems. That's in Singapore. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's they they have a, a large slew of you know barely sure. themed sci-fi and, roller coasters. And Dr. Doom, you just have to take the top of the tower off and be done Dr. With it Doom, too. I think if enough of us stand there and blow on it, it'll fall <laughs> over and, and take it away. Yeah, right? I mean... The Malaboomer. Um, finally. The Maladoomer, as we used to call it. <laughs> <laughs> finally, um, people talk about Disney's prices, and I see this a lot in comments, that Universal's better because it's cheaper for a family. Food is cheaper. Tickets or not? Tickets or not? 
Hotels are cheaper. No. They can annual passes be, are but cheaper, but they only have two parks. For, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you get express included with um, those those like deluxe resorts, right? right. So with Hard um, Rock, yeah, and uh, Portofino Bay, and and uh, why am I blank on the other one? Princess, whatever. The, what? What do I call it? Royal Pacific. Royal Pacific. Yeah. Royal Pacific. Princess. I don't know why I said Royal Princess. Royal Pacific. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like you go stay I'm in those hotel my rooms. Mind. They're not, Sorry, guys. They're not really nice hotel rooms for that price. You're paying for the express. Oh, those yeah. Hard Rock rooms are, are not deluxe rooms. They're kind of motel-y. No, I know. Um, you know, Porto, the Portofino but, rooms are but, nice, but, but they're an arm and a leg. But so is like Coronado's. They're uh, they're value. <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel like I'm paying a deluxe a, price for Coronado. Like three hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah, but you're talking about Portofino's like five or six. But and that's on because discount. you get express. Yeah, but it's not like I, I mean, then you go to Sapphire Falls and it's like three hundred. Yeah, and then you get nothing. And I, I know, like Sapphire Falls. But you're Falls. also not paying yeah, for but it. Yeah. Their value resorts actually are out of value. Cabana, Cabana Bay. Bay. Cabana Bay yeah. is, is endless the summer. These yeah. are Cabana Bay and Endless Summer are are cheap. I mean, you can get a room there for a good value. Well, in the, the summer, Disney you don't want to stay at though because it's in the ghetto and and there people get shot and they're well. I mean, that's get that's stolen. right where you're going to be going to go to Epic Universe. All that kind. Of, well, yeah, but um, but no, Cabana, I mean, Bay. Cabana Bay is unrivaled for the price what you get. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the amenities they have a bowling alley. The counter service restaurant is pretty damn good. Um, the bar is great. There's so much to do. The Lazy River, the pool is great. The rooms are cute. They they Lowe's nailed it. Cabana, Cabana Bay, Bay is almost like a moderate in, in comparison to Disney. I would go on a vacation yeah. before I went to Universal on vacation. I would go on a weekend getaway just to to. I would go to Cabana Bay and then go to Volcano Bay as long as it's a weekend. I know Volcano Bay is not going to be overwhelmed. Yeah, because Volcano Bay is tremendous when there's no one in it. It's we one did of the that. best. Water parks ever. We stayed in Cabana Bay for five days in 2020, and we went yeah. to Volcano Bay four of the yeah. five days. That was the best. That that month I lived at Universal was the best. <laughs> I, I love. I look. I look back at that month and a half I lived at Universal at the reopening very fondly. That was a fun time. But it mostly was for the resorts. It wasn't for the parks. I don't like the parks that much. Um, but but yeah. Volcano Bay would know people. Once there's people in Volcano Bay, it's unbearable. But when if you can catch Volcano Bay on a day where it's not super hot. Uh, and and it's off season. It's you'll have a great fantastic. time. Volcano Bay is the best water park you've ever been to. If no one's in it, it's the worst water park you've ever been to. If if there's if people if it's crowded because yeah. it doesn't function at that point. But Cabana is I I I don't know that there's much at Universal. I would say I love other than butter beer, frozen butter beer, and Spider Man. Cabana Bay I would say yeah. I love, and I like <laughs> Sapphire Falls too. I like both of those. But yeah, I mean, I, right. well, if, if endless if endless summer is the value resort, Cabana Bay is not even in the same league. Yeah, Eric, if you're going to end things, I think there's there's one thing from the wigs. I think we have to talk about before we close. Now, do this. we have a wigs question? I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm gonna. It's from Jesse Peterson. With Epic okay. Universe coming online soon, I wonder if it will affect the yearly visitor and how much the split is between Disney and Universal. Does it flip, at least for a while, to spend more time in Epic Universe and the other Universal parks? Does that worry Disney? Here's here's what I've said. And again, we talked about, I was going to get to this when we talked about the mistakes Disney made in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Of overexpansion, regional parks, that kind of stuff. Um, which, by the way, building a park in Europe 
where Harry Potter was born without Harry Potter in it is one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard. They, without their bread and butter, they will not build a successful park. That is a tremendous mistake. Tremendous mistake. Anyway, let's go back to 90s Disney, 1998, Animal Kingdom opens. Animal Kingdom, number one, does not make people stay in Orlando longer. No. Number two, uh, it does not make people... Not so visit other Disney. places. It, it, it does make people visit, not visit <coughs> other parks. That's what happened. People go, oh, the new park opened. Do you want to not go to MGM right. or do you want to not go to Epcot? So up until MGM, up until MGM, every new Disney park kept people at Disney longer. Yeah. Animal Kingdom did not do that. No. And, I, and what you're saying is Epic Universe is not going to do that for Universal. Also, like, let's, if you want to bring it back to Universal... Let's go a year later to 1999. Your your beloved TripAdvisor's number one theme park in the world. <laughs> Disney Sea exists, by the way. Let's not forget. Um, TripAdvisor's number rated rank. You ranked number one theme park in the world. Islands of Adventure was a flop, a failure. A it it died. It died. No one showed up, and it put them in a financial hole that they only managed to get out of when Harry Potter opened. And if it was not for Horror Nights over that period, Universal Parks probably would have either been sold or closed in that period. Horror Nights kept the lights on, really. And then Potter eventually got them back where they needed to be. But Islands flopped. And you can talk, it was a marketing thing and this and that. And we can blame the Universal Escape marketing all yeah. we want, and I'm sure that hurt in some way. But the truth is, if Animal Kingdom already was hurting attendance at Epcot and Hollywood Studios, do we not think that all of that was only further damaged by another park being introduced? Sure. People just decided, like, no, I have I have a week to go to Orlando, and this is where I'm going, and I can't, right. I can't go to all of it. There's too much. Right. There's too much to do, and the same thing is going to happen. Absolutely. The same thing is going to happen with Epic where, yeah, it might hurt a Disney park or two a little bit. It's going to hurt Universal a lot. I think it's going to hurt the other two parks tremendously. I think, look, there's no doubt people are excited for Nintendo and people are going to show up at Epic Universe. There's no doubt. There's no doubt Epic Universe will succeed on its own. But if you ask me, like, again, I have no market research or anything in front of me, but but based on historical evidence – my thought would be people will decide where they're going to spend their time. And that time, people's trips to Orlando are not going to get longer in 2025. They're a week. They're a yeah. They've been a week since 1982, and they're going to continue to be a week in Orlando. A decision will need to be made. And I think, personally, I think they're going to cut off Universal Studios Florida. I think that's the one most people are going to cut off. And I think it's like they, a half day park. Yeah. And I think they could. I mean, both of those. I think Islands. Well, I was going to say, are people going to just park hop and do both in one day as opposed maybe, to. Maybe. And maybe they'll just buy a park hopper for all three and, and like go do right. the things they want for a day or two and then they'll get out. They're, they're going to spend two days at Universal. Whether they visit one, two, three, or four parks. Yeah. They spend two days at Universal yeah. now, right? Like a, a typical week vacation. You spend four days at Disney. You spend two days at Universal. You got a day that either you do something else or you don't yeah. go to a park or you take a rest. Yeah. That's not going to change when Epic yeah. Universe opens. They're going to spend two days at Universal, and they're either going to go to yeah. one, two, three, or four parks yeah. instead of one, two, or three parks. And I think Disney very wisely – has has spread the love to their parks, right? Because people love Pandora. Yeah. 
So people, if you haven't seen Pandora, well, I mean, you got to see Pandora. If you haven't seen Galaxy's Edge, regardless of what we know wasn't provided, the whole world knows there's a Star Wars land to see. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy has been a smash hit at Epcot. People are going to feel compelled to go see that. And the Magic Kingdom is the Magic Kingdom. No one is coming to Orlando and not going to the Magic Kingdom if they're going to a theme park. That just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And they, they're investing, right? Tron just opened. Sure. And Tiana's Bayou Adventure will be there, right? A whole I mean, new pr- – people like Princess people? and the Frog. It's a thrill ride. It will draw. Yeah. And I th- – so so you, what – when when Animal Kingdom wait, opened – Wait, wait, wait. You don't, you don't think there are people that just come and go to Universal and then go home? No. Those, people, those families exist. There's like yeah, a couple, so three or four of them. Yeah, maybe like 100,000 people a year, but it's not like a teenagers. number. Yeah. Uh, I, like when Animal Kingdom opened – and it cannibalized attendance at the other three parks, they realized they either need to get more people overall to come to Disney yeah, or they need to take time away from something else. The only reason to build an additional park is you've reached capacity at your existing parks. It's a right? capacity thing, So yes. like Magic Kingdom, they added Epcot Center, but Magic Kingdom was kind of – it was crowded. Yeah. So they're like, it makes sense to add Epcot. Sure. Uh, and, the, and then MGM was not built to be a full park. No. And so when Animal Kingdom opened, you know, before Animal Kingdom, people came to Disney and they spent a day at Magic Kingdom, yeah. a day at Epcot, and a day at Studios. Half day at Studios. Well, they spent a half day at yeah. Studios and, and then they went, they went for dinner or something or Springs or downtown, downtown Disney. Disney. When Animal Village. Kingdom opened, yeah. they spent a day at Magic Kingdom, a day at Epcot, half a day at Studios, and yeah. a half a day at Animal Kingdom. Because there wasn't enough to do in either one of those parks yeah. to stay for the whole day. Yeah. And so what Disney did realized is that no one's spending four days at Disney World. They're still spending three even though we have four parks. Yeah. And then they had to add to Animal Kingdom and add yeah. to studios in order to make them full-day parks. And the thing – here's the thing is, is adding to those parks is not even what did it. Magical Express is what did it. Sure. Magical Express was the thing that hurt – the rest of Orlando more than anything Disney had ever. Built. It was genius because people were like, "I don't need a rental car. Disney's going to pick me up at the airport and yeah. drive me to the hotel and then drive me back. I I can't leave." And before Uber existed, yeah, it was genius. So yeah, I think that if Disney is smart, they want to beat Epic Universe. There's a very simple answer. Bring back it's Magical to sit Express. at a table with mirrors and bring back a bus service. Yeah. Right? And look, I think Epic will draw. There's enough people that love Nintendo. People will still probably go out of their way even if you do that. But it would be in Disney's best interest to have Magical Express back. Absolutely. That's the easy answer. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That would do it. I mean, I think with Uber and Lyft, it's easier for people than it used to be yeah. to get a ride to other places on Spur expensive. of the Moment. <laughs> it's expensive. No. It's just easier, right? Like, yeah. like you would have to go to the front desk and have them yeah. call a taxi. Now you just do it on the app. So, But I think you're absolutely right yeah. that Magical Express would swing the balance. People, people who love Nintendo would come to Disney for a week and they take a day and go and they'll go over there. To Epic. Same as they did with Potter. That's what happened That's with Potter. Right. And then they were like, oh we have to get people in the other park, so they built Potter at the at old the other park. park. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what happened. Everyone went to Islands of Adventure, and still no one was showing up at USF. Right, right, and so that's the thing. But people have seen Potter now, right? Like it's it's getting up there in age, and the same might be the for Pandora, right? Which is why I think the uh, the Animal Kingdom expansion project is probably the next thing that's happening because Disney realized like that's the thing that's had the longest shelf life. So we got to make sure people don't feel like oh, I've seen Pandora. 
nothing's we open can skip there it. since. Yeah. Right. You have to yeah. make your park not skippable. Yeah. And that's what Pandora did for Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Lane does for studios. Yeah. Uh, if you're a coaster person, Guardians does for Epcot. Yeah. And Tron does for Magic Kingdom. And they're the four newest things. Yeah. The oldest of those four things is Pandora. Yeah. And so now they need something new for Animal Kingdom to make it more yeah. freshly not skippable. Yeah. And Epic Universe will be not skippable, yeah. But Universal new, yeah. and Islands are totally skippable. Who's not excited about a whole new park? You know, although that happened with Islands of Adventure, right? Where that that shouldn't have failed either, because Jurassic Park finally had a land, right? Right. It was just you terrible. Know, Marvel, and I mean, obviously, Marvel wasn't what it what it is now, but yeah. um, you know, a lot of those Islands things. was a great park. It is. It is. The ride. I agree. Some of the rides are okay. I mean, it was a beautiful a great park, park when it it's opened, their right? Park. Yeah. By far, Universal's best-looking park. Sure. Not even close. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, Universal has other issues, too. Like, I think a big problem that Universal has that Disney doesn't have is they're sandwiched within a lot of other development. Yeah. And it's not easy to get from park to park. Yeah. Like you can take a bus, but there's still stoplights and everything. It's a pain. Yeah, that Volcano Bay system where you park at the garage and then get and then on a get bus. And get on a bus is a pain. It's silly. But and they, they're landlocked. You know? I mean, I, I, is, are they building a parking garage at Epic? They have enough space to, I would assume. I believe there's a lot. Yeah. But it's still not going to make like park hopping easy. No, it's it's no. It, depending where you are. Yeah, right. Right, so, like park hopping like, at Universal. Staying, like if you're staying at the Epic, you know, right, a hotel you're over there. Um, obviously, you could walk into that park, but sure. then the other the other parks are far. You're gonna yeah. have to take a bus. So you, know? you I mean, park hopping is that between, different from Disney? Uh, not really. Well, park hopping between like islands and and USF is is easy. Yeah, and and the. Train made it even easier. Yeah. Not quicker, but easier. But easier yeah. um, <laughs> How would you like to travel a walking distance but wait in line for an hour to do it? Yeah. But, I mean, like, the Skyliner made park hopping between Epcot and Studios easier. Not necessarily quicker, mm-hmm. but easier. So long as it's not raining. I, I mean, they had boats. They still yeah. have boats. Right? But And the monorail makes park hopping between Magic Kingdom and Epcot easy. Yeah. Uh, so long as it runs. Um, Animal Kingdom was the one, the outlier of of easy park hopping, yeah. and that's why rumors existed forever that they're going to extend the monorail to Animal Kingdom because yeah. you couldn't get there easily. But Epic Universe is absolutely going to have that park hopping problem with the other two parks. Where people may not yeah. buy the park hopper just because they're like, I don't want to take a bus. Right. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of people that do that. They'll figure it out. It's going to be an all-day park, so... Yeah, I think people. Allegedly. I think people will just stay there. I don't think people are going to buy park hoppers. I really don't think so. They're going to buy. They're going to buy a one day ticket to Epic if that's what they want to do, yeah. and they're going to buy a two or three day ticket if they want to do all the parks. Yeah, but they're not going to buy like a park hopper, a two day or a one day park. Yeah, I don't hopper. think there's an in between. I think there's people yeah. that are going to stay at Universal and do two to three days there, or I think they're coming for the day to do to do Epic and whatever that's it. will be the new yeah. hot thing, which is Epic. Right? I think you're right. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of in between. I think you're right. But I could be wrong. We'll, we'll, like all look, like like Universal can can decide that this is a great business decision, and I can decide it's not. But the truth is, you never honestly really know until you open. No. Um, and so we're gonna wait and see. Um, but I mean, the, the historical evidence is that people have a finite amount of vacation time, and they will have to sacrifice something. Right. From their Orlando vacation. And you've got to you've got to make your offering compelling enough that they don't want to sacrifice it. Yeah, and you know, or or you've got to make the value proposition 
lopsided enough, yeah. right? That's the other option. And neither of them are going to do that. No. Disney and Universal are not going to do that. No, they're not. Yeah. But no. what, what Universal could do, listen to this idea. Oh, my God. Universal could get together with SeaWorld and make a like a four-day right, multi-park park hopper pass where you can also go to SeaWorld. Eric's holding his face. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably time to be done. I mean, in, I in, resolved early on when we uh, when I first pitched this show to Tom that it, I did not want it to be a talking head like remotely joining people type of show. Harry, I'm the first to violate that rule. I apologize. I feel like I should be there right now to physically stop Jason's oh, idea uh, from happening. Now they used to have passes in California. That, He's still going. That you could. It was like a city pass. The they city called pay, it yeah. right, and yeah. you could go to different parks that were all competitors. Disneyland used to be on that. Disneyland that and Universal and California Adventure finally worked. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's yeah. you could have an Orlando city pass. It has SeaWorld and Legoland. I thought Universal and, and Universal did that at one Peppa point. Peppa Pig. And Peppa Pig and Fun Spot. I don't know. I mean, Universal team members can visit SeaWorld and vice versa. I think Peppa Pig is catching up. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peppa Pig. Daddy, Daddy Pig. I mean, they built a roller coaster in three days. I mean, they need an express bus service between Peppa Pig and Universal. The Daddy Pig roller coaster is way better than Hagrid's. Wow. And they built it a lot faster than Tron. They built it faster than Universal builds. Yeah. That park was thrown (laughs) up in like a week. (laughs) All right. So the Wigs are watching live right now. Thank you, Wigs, that are watching live. If you want to learn more about becoming a Wigs member, uh, you can support us on Patreon. I plugged that while you were gone. You did? (laughs) Well, my work here is done. I think we're going to have to revisit this topic in six months. We're going to have to revisit this topic when we get closer to Epic Universe opening, when we know a lot more about what it's going to be like, I think. think Because that's that's going to be the thing. What we haven't answered is, is Epic Universe going to be worth going to? You know, right now what they yeah. have is uh, Windows. It, the answer is stuff. it depends. It's, yeah. It's I don't think it depend. depends. I think there's, there's, look, there's some great stuff going in that park. That How mm-hmm. to Train Your Dragon show has had rave reviews from Beijing. That's going to be a hit. I'm sure the roller coasters, look, Universal knows how to order good roller coasters. <laughs> they know how they to order have, right? Coasters. So Starlight Racers and, and the, the, Dragon one and those will all be super fun. I'm you know the Potter will be Potter. Nintendo is like Nintendo has its highlights even if the two rides aren't great. Donkey Kong, I think Donkey Kong's going to be the thing that saves Nintendo. Um, we'll see in a couple months when it opens in Japan, but I think that's the thing that's going to that's going to end up being the Nintendo the best ride the, in the best land. ride in that land. Yeah, because the other two. The other two like the, that's Universal thing. They found a roller coaster. It's an innovative system. Like it, it. Checks all the boxes for yeah. them. It's going to be a hit, undoubtedly. Um, yeah. So with all that being said, I think, I think Epic will be. Epic might end up being their best park. It, it's very likely. Yeah. You know, but and and of course, the thing no mm-hmm. one's talking about is that the monster ride, the the Kuka Arm monster ride. Everyone I've heard right. from who's working on that or in the vicinity of that ride, everyone's like, this is the thing. This is the thing that people are going to love the most. So. We we'll, shall you see. You can talk about Epic at some point, yeah. All right, we'll bring that. We'll circle back around this topic in six months or so. Yeah. Thanks for joining us 
on the WW News Today podcast. If you have feedback, you can email me, Eric, at www.nt.com. That's Eric with a C. Uh, or you can email Tom. Tom Hopefully we didn't have feedback from the speaker. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. If you did, yeah, email Eric. Boy, it's never time for me to go. Uh, thanks anyway, and we'll see you next time on the WW News Today podcast. See you real soon.